It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Welcome to the Mowers Club on this beautiful Saturday morning in Sydney town. It's oh, isn't it beautiful? <laughs> mowing conditions and Nick Davis, do you look like a mower or what? Or a library monitor. <laughs> Cross between a library or monitor and Keith, Keith Arthur. <laughs> the great West Indian cricketer. Uh, to paint the, the picture. The of the floppy hat. To paint the picture, everyone. We've got merchandise. We've got merch. It's bright red, so it look like we're it's going to... It's Toro red, my friend. Toro red. It's like Australian gold, my friend. <laughs> it is Toro it's red. It's Toro red. So we do have the look of primary school students at the moment, especially Nick with his floppy hat <laughs> and his drawstring in front of it as well, which brought Nick's uh, summation out earlier before he came on air that he does look like West Indian cricketing great Keith Arthurton. <laughs> he was my hero. He was one of my favourite cricketers. I had the Kookaburra bubble because of Keith Arthurton. How cool were the West Indian cricketers? They, they can make a hat look here. that cool. Carl Hooper, he was a he was a floppy yeah. hatter. Richie Richardson, Richie Richardson <laughs> had nachos in his while he batted. <laughs> Remember that summer he came out and people were doing Richie Richardson hat impersonations in the crowd, covering like whole bays. It was like the buckethead snake, but it was a Richie Richardson oh, floppy so hat. Good. But uh, we've got merch. So what are we going to do with the merch? I'm going to keep it myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll give it away. We'll find, a, we'll find a way to give it away on 0457 Just ring up and we'll give it to you. <laughs> 0457-736-736. Let this us know what a, you're this, on your mind. This is a real test of the listener base, like the sweep. Mm, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, was, was, that was a nervous time. Wasn't that just a data harvesting exercise? Wasn't <laughs> it? It's just to see how many people were out see there. how many people are listening and we'll ring in to try and get it. Gibbo, good to see you face to face. G'day, Adam. It's been a while since we've all been in the studio together. Some yep. of us have had COVID and some of us have been away covering tennis. Just to, I haven't had it. Actually, oh, okay. You've had well, it. Well done, mate. No, no, I'm just checking. You've had it. Yeah, I've had it. You've had it. I've had it. Beauty, I can't get it. Excellent. Why can't Why you get it? You, get you it? can't pass it on to me. You've oh. already had it. So you can't have it now to yeah, give it to right. me right now, so I'm safe. No, so what, what you're suggesting is, yeah. Adam, to SEN, if any team member goes down, the dream team is on because you can't get it. Well, well not as a, long as they've had it. Yeah. Mm, so okay. You know what I mean? All right, well, we'll work it out in the ad We'll work about that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, it feels safe. That's the main thing. But we have merch. We have I don't merch. know if Drive have merch. I doubt they do. They don't. Well, there I, you go. I know. Well, I can there know you for go. sure. Because well, there you go, Joel Kane. Oh, was that the dream team, was it? You weren't talking about us. No, I was talking about us as the oh, dream team. Cool. Guys, you know this is my favourite show that I work on. On, the, on a Saturday morning. On a Saturday, Saturday morning yeah. between oh, 9 and 12. Yeah, 12 o'clock, obviously, I love Sports Central too. Because you get more airtime. Hey, no, I don't actually. Any feedback from your five minutes of fame? 
Last I, I have a lot of feedback actually. Um, higher ups brought me into the office like they do usually on Mondays to explain myself, but this time it was praise. That, that you was just saying, got a big bruise on your back just from getting patting on the back. Just yeah, and oh, just my shoulders are a bit sore as well from carrying so many different shows on this network. But yeah, you know, uh, there was a lot of positivity. I liked Adam. You said that was some great radio too for the five minutes, and I listened back to every single second. I was I walking through the botanical gardens of uh, Melbourne. It was forty-seven degrees. I was sweating like you wouldn't believe. But <laughs> I was just in a happy mood because I was hearing the dulcet tones of you two. Mm. Again. Any tips for me, Adam? Any, you know, I, I like no, constructive no, no. feedback. It's cool. You can you can be honest and scathing if you need to. Uh, no need to be scathing. Don't be self-defeatist. Don't think think negatively as the default setting. It was good, mate. Thank it was you. Good. Thank you got you. a future. Sweet. You got a future. I don't know about the future of the guy in Geelong. Just before we get going with the how uh, good was that? Just before we get going with the, it was the a score caddy, update, it was it's a caddy shack moment. It was seriously. The end of the world was happening in Geelong. There was, there was like cars being carried down by the torrent down the street. It was the tears of the Geelong fans still <laughs> washing down from 2005. Oh, dear. You can weave that into any conversation. Absolutely, I can. But it was hosing down. Massive storm. Flash flooding. And there's this old mate. And we don't know who it is yet. I've put it up on my Twitter feed. Yep. Nick, you've commented on it as well. And it's on the SEN Twitter feed as well. This guy in the middle of like the end of the world in Geelong, mowing his lawn in a, in a flash flood. It was a green bin night. <laughs> got to fill up that green exactly. bin. I've got two weeks. I can't. So if that was the next day, it would have been like, oh, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. Because it was green bin it night. It was green bin night. He's three quarters full. He's like, oh, if I don't go now. I've got some good news when I got home from being <gasps> we away. Didn't, we didn't get a photo, but anyway. Next door um, moved out. So I've got extra green bin. To use until the new people move until in, or, you, or you're just going to steal theirs. No, no, no I've always that. had two green. I've always <laughs> had two green beers. I don't know where yours is. What's that? Pick number six. You live in number eight. Oh no, it's a that's an eight. <laughs> Get out the marker pen. <laughs> you <laughs> used to draw on sixes and eights on your scorecard <laughs> at golf. <laughs> Speaking of golf. Um, I didn't organise it. What made you go and get this particular gentleman for for the show, Gibbo? Um, I'm not too. I, I've been lacking in our lawn. We have. I've oh, had feedback. Look. Yeah, I I heard that feedback as well, Nick. But um, I, I sort of thought I've been rolling out the same old guys. Hang on, have you done anything about the feedback, or you've just given it and just like pretended that it's not your responsibility? No, just I've give just it had, all on Gibbo shoulders. Flash, flashbacks of nubs in the Swans team meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gibbo, anyway, go on. We're yeah, talking to... about feedback and all. Because I, I tried Stop to get that. um, I think the Royal Australian or someone. I went really. Royal high. Australian. The Australian. Royal the Sydney Australian or the Royals. Australian. Oh, sorry, Maybe guys. that's where you went wrong. Anyway. Oh, well, anyway. So I anyway. you know, put the call out there. They didn't really get back to me. And I, living on the Northern Beach, I know you do too, Adam. I just thought, why not Wongy? And then I called him up. They were really cool about it. I ended up Peter Donkers, who's coming on later on the show. He got back to me, called me up. And I, then I started searching him up into Google. And next thing you know, this guy is uh, the Don. 40 years in the business, 2018 Superintendent of the Year in New South Wales. I only South just Wales. read where he's from. I had nothing to do with it, I swear. It's my golf club. 
It I, is. I, I thought it. If you're busy been. out there, just <laughs> how much sand do you need? Here we go. <laughs> how much sand do you need? So prepare, people. <laughs> how much sand do you need, Peter? After Adam Peacock has a round at Longreef to fill in his divots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in Marconi last night with the W League. Yeah, that was one of your. It was points. a sinkhole on the pitch, and they had to go. It was so good from the groundsman, and people were bagging out the groundsman. It can happen. There could be a water burst water pipe down there. People who don't truly understand horticulture might not have got what was going on, but he went and did the big cut out of the square, like a big pizza slice, and then sort just plonked it in there. and Run, run the tour um, But, yeah, Peter's Peter's in for it because yeah, it's I mean, going to be basically gonna, 10 minutes of Nick Davis bagging <laughs> out the crap out of my <laughs> golf game. And Absolutely. Pete can laugh along. Speaking of golf, yeah. here's a question for you without mm. notice. How close do you need to be to consider it a nearly hole-in-one? Give me how close. Uh, when, when someone goes, oh, I nearly had a hole-in-one today. A school ruler. 30 centimetres. Seeing you look like a library monitor, I'll bring back to the school topic. 30 centimetres. 30 centimetres is yeah. a, nearly a hole in one. Or it dances fini- around. Finishing or, fini- okay, or finishing, it's in the vicinity of 30. Or it percent. goes past the hole or. In the 30 metre. In 30 metre. No, 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 no. It's got to like miss, miss by a bees, uh, okay. you know. So it's resting spot 30. Within 30 centimetres. 30 centimetres. Why do you ask? You don't know why you I asking. nearly had two hole-in-ones yesterday. But you didn't. I know. That's why I wanted to. Because <laughs> I would have said that. Because <laughs> that's why I wanted to clarify the. So where did they land? They landed. Close. Close. But didn't go in. Where did they end? Inside. Okay. So two gimmies. Yeah. Or you missed the part. <laughs> I'm, I'm, regulation three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, unlucky. Have you ever had a hole-in-one? Yeah, I have. Oh, well done. Had 76 yesterday. Just. Okay, I, I, I can't see it in the in the uh, in the overnight scores, but anyway, <laughs> just while Nick continues to hand out memberships to his own fan club, uh, we'll have a look at the scores. And what about this at the tennis last night? Um, this was I outstanding. Love this. I loved listening to this. Bro, are you mad? For what? And his father can talk every point. Bro, are you stupid? His father can talk every point. His father can talk. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. What movie character could Daniil Medvedev sub in for? In terms of the well, loose units we've seen in cinematography over the years. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Where does he fit? Like Michael Douglas falling down, or something like that, or a serial killer in some other. But I loved it for the fact that. Look at me, I'm talking. He's <laughs> like a parent. Look at me. <laughs> With a disinterested teenager. I didn't mind that because the, the umpire, fair play, stayed in total control, gave the code violation, got on with life. Mm. He didn't swear at him. He didn't call him a <clears> – <throat> he was well, he, carrying he, on like he, a petulant idiot. He insinuated. Yes, with this. We understand Greek. We understand Greek. So next time it should be a code violation because he's speaking Greek. If you don't, you are a – how can I call it? <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the greatest 
improv lines. And how of all time. It's gonna go. It's gonna be everywhere. It's yes. gonna pop up throughout the rest of eternity. Just to have the presence of mind to think on his feet, knowing that he would have been in, in all sorts of problems. Let me find You, my friend, are what I call you a small cat. How he, good? But he said sorry. Uh, he shook the umpire's hand at the end and said sorry. Sorry about that. And then in the press after, he goes, "Look, I know I've got." Basically, a split personality because he gets to a certain point and frustrated. I've seen it this tournament. He he doesn't just snap. He it's not very Russian. Breaks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's. Oh, that's why I like watching because you don't know what you're going to get. I don't mind him. Yeah. <laughs> People were saying last night he should be. Oh, I'll save for you now. Actually, save for you now. But yeah, uh, Daniel Medvedev will play Rafael Nadal in the final of the Australian Open. Daniel will. Collins will play Ash Barty in the final of the Australian Open. And she then will. the uh, the circus rolls into town again for the men's yeah, doubles after yeah, the no, women's yeah. singles <laughs> final. After <laughs> yeah, no, doubles tennis. It's been the greatest show on earth for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I have this ability. Yes. I absolutely have this ability. <laughs> Koganakis Kyrgios up against Ebden and Purcell All Australian men's doubles uh, final later tonight So uh, looking forward to all of it And you can listen to it on SEN With uh, Brett Phillips and the crew down there Doing a great job You should with... throw the Woodies out there <laughs> Pat Rafter and Mark Philippousis Get them all out there They'll play little, doubles A little round robin yeah, exactly. Sam Groth Grothy He's a, he's a blow up merchant Yes Massive blow up merchant <laughs> What do you say? Oh, because I've seen he sent seen me his, his tennis ones. Yeah. He threw a tennis racket out of the court once. <laughs> <laughs> like the like the stadium court. He threw his tennis racket out. That's good going. And he, and he's a bulk merchant of golf too. Big Bash last night. Oh, We've got Sammy Hargroves coming up later from Big Bash Nation. Defeat from the jaws of victory, Sydney Sixers. Mm, not quite. 171 yeah. was a pretty competitive total. They had him on the rack at one Four stage. Four for 25. Four for 25. But that was early in the innings, and Perth Scorchers posted six for 171, and the Sixers were bowled out by 92. It all caught up with them in the end, didn't it? Yeah. Like, the fact that Steve Smith, what a we mentioned it last week, it was the greatest Yanar of all time. It's going to be hard to top in terms <laughs> of Yanars, not letting Steve Smith play in the BBL. So you you have got when one of the greatest players in the history of the sport. You're up, in the and last and you're up against the A-League, which is just... Right, just going nuts, and you're like, "How are we going to get people to not be at the A League and watch the A League?" I told you, a good performance oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> right side of the bed this morning. You weave it in anyway. <laughs> How do we get people to not watch the A League and turn up and watch the Big Bash? Oh, let's not let Steve Smith play. See, ordinarily I'd fire up, but now I just look at you <laughs> in that hat and go, "How can I take you seriously? You can't bash me." <laughs> Look like an idiot and talking like Absolutely. one as well. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Sixers. Um, Looks like a dog and barks like a dog. <laughs> don't go. Don't get the three, Pete. Perth Scorchers, well done. Uh, they now have. Well done. For their troubles, 14 days how quarantine. <laughs> how many well, days of that quarantine would you be inebriated if you'd won the Big Bash final and get to play? Does that still happen, the, cha- the champions? No. It, oh. It's dropped off the face of the earth, that one. Oh. Yeah, that happened for one or two years, Nick. I so thought that, that was good. That stopped at about 2011, I think, when the Sydney Sixers won their first goal. I thought that was good. It was good. And still playing cricket. Was With, that not good? It was awesome, but it was it just was too good. hard, though. Because what do you mean? Got, you have players who are playing for multiple teams around the world. Chris Gale would have been an IPL team, CPL team, and a big bash. Not that. Team. It was the calendar as well. And they couldn't it was get. too hard. It's just who pays you the most. I played yeah. for them. 
Exactly. Uh, yeah, so sixes, no three-peat. Scorches, seven days hotel quarantine, seven days home quarantine. and uh, yeah, In Perth it. or in Melbourne? In Perth. Yeah, I have to go over there. So oh, th- they did say there. they could do seven and seven. They, they can go home, but everyone at home has to isolate as well. Yeah, yeah right. it's ridiculous. Uh, the women's ashes at stumps on day two. England, good fight back, trailing fight by 102 back. after being in a fair bit of bother. They're eight for 235. Heather Knight will get Mel Jones's thoughts from uh, Fox Cricket on what looked to be one of the great innings, 127 not out. Heather Knight proving that English people can bat, which is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, and she is waiting by the phone for a call up for the English <laughs> men's team. Uh, the NBL, the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers over the Adelaide 36ers last night. What's a 36er? 36er. Oh, I've, got another question. I've got another question. That's another one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll save my other question for later. <laughs> you look up what a 36er is. Try and find out what a 36er is. Well, who knows what you're going to find I on that uh, Google search. I think the Philadelphia, I might be wrong, but the Philadelphia 76ers mm-hmm. is to do with the road that Ooh, okay. links. It's the I-76, I'm pretty sure. Anything else you want me to Google with numbers like that? Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the Jack Jumpers over the Adelaide 36ers. Two matches tonight. I'm happy for the Jack bands. Jumpers because there should be an AFL team in Tasmania. Correct. I'm glad. Cairns, Illawarra at 5.30. Brisbane Bullets, South East Melbourne, Phoenix at 8 o'clock. Catch every NBL game alive on ESPN with KO every game of the biggest NBL season yet. Yeah, on KO through ESPN. Um, golf, by the way. What's golf. that? Torrey Pot. Why are they playing that event? With the Dubai. I watched my man <clears throat> minus six yesterday, Rory, over in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got the uh, the DP World Tour going on in Dubai uh, at the moment with Col- Colin Mokau is there, Rory McIlroy is there. Uh, who are notables from the PGA Tour. But, yeah, Tory Pines is going on as well. Why is Tory Pines a Saturday over there finish? Is it? Yeah, it's third round this morning. So mm. fourth round tomorrow. Oh. Jason Day, he's uh, tied seventh. Is he playing golf again? Yeah, it's amazing. Good four, on him. Four off the lead. John Rahm, though, he leads. Plays uh, good there, John Rahm. Yeah, great course. Did he win the Pines. US Open there last year? Something like that. Uh, we had Bryson. We've yeah, had Bryson. Apparently he broke car windows in the Caddy's car park in the at the driving range this morning and then went out on the course and goes, oh, my back's sore. Like, <laughs> good on you, mate. Maybe try not to hit it over the Man, fence at the driving range. He's a walking, walking test case for a chiropractor, that guy. Speaking of, Within two years. Speaking of driving ranges, Tristan Merlihan will be on the show later. Lord. Lord, sir, Tristan Merlihan. Yes. He needs to uh, get us a little booking at Top Golf at Gold Coast in two weeks, where I'll be. Oh, you up there? You yeah. doing the show from up there? Probably. Hang on, <laughs> it's either a yes or a no. Nick. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Non-committal. That's all right. We've got another co-host here, Nick, <laughs> so you, you have a suite to uh, take the week off if you want. I might take Lord into the studios with me at the Gold Coast. He can do a full show. Alicia Mollick will be joining out. us later <laughs> in the show to talk some tennis. <laughs> to talk some tennis, you can go to Mwollumbah or wherever he's based. Run laps at the track. Yeah. It's obviously a uh, tax scheme that he's got going up there. (laughs) (laughs) In one part of... uh, Can't wait to really sit down with Lord and talk NFTs with him. He's all over that stuff. Non-fungible tokens. What the hell is a non-fungible token? Well, he's invested in it and he's got no idea. (laughs) It's basically the ownership to a digital piece of art or a moment. So in sport now, like... 
the big six down the ground, you can own that moment. So some sports stars, I think Steve Smith has just started NFTs. Mm. A few of the IPL guys have done that as well. But yeah, so essentially that could... Does anyone buy a retrospective 2005 moment? Is it a photo? Probably. Oh, really? It, it could be a little video. So it yeah. could be a fo- some cases photos, um, some cases moments or videos of games. So your four goals in 2004 or five, whatever yeah. it is. You know, you could do that. Excuse and, me. Excuse me. No, I know, I know. Excuse me. You know, some of us don't pay attention to us. Whatever it is. <laughs> no, I know. It's 05, right? 05. Um, so I only you, spoke about it four minutes ago. So that the value of that goes up. Say if Nick goes on to bigger and greater things, yeah. and then so that person can like sell Alan it. Jones. I don't think like he's Alan Jones. It. Or Carl Sanderlands. So then the person who owns it, so I own it, I then resell it to you because you're a massive fan of Nick's Mowers Club work. Mm. And then the value goes up a little bit. I think as that is as easy as it is. The most ridiculous invention of all time. The Lord the Lord is the Lord is sponsoring it. They're just making up things to invest in for the sake of investing in it. Well, I mean I don't understand. You know what? NFTs sits right on the shelf with Wordle for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Save it. Save it. Off to a break. Mel Jones on the way. On the Mowers Club this Saturday morning. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. And joining us now on the Mowers Club, direct from Canberra ahead of another day's test cricket with Australia taking on England from Fox Cricket, Mel Jones. How are you, Mel? I'm very well, very well. Uh, it's Test Match Cricket Day, um, and we've got a great pitch, and it's game on. It is game on. How, how do you see it? At, okay, so it, it stumps yesterday. England, 8 for 235, in reply to Australia's declared 337. Uh, England were in all sorts of bother at, at one stage. How did they turn it around to, you know, not gain back the advantage, but make it interesting? Yeah, they turned it around with what is probably arguably one of the best Ashes centuries I've certainly seen um, and in the history of, of the women's game. Heather Knight, the England captain, was absolutely brilliant. Um, I talked about the importance of, you know, a pitch um, and having good competition to her to face a, you know, a very talented Australian bowling attack with wickets falling all around her. Um, it was absolutely brilliant to watch. So the captain led the way, kept them in the game um, and still two wickets to get. So... England still need, they're still needing to win. Otherwise, they're having to face winning three ODIs on the trot. So something will happen today, which, um, which might surprise people. I'm not too sure what it is, but stay mm-hmm. tuned. Oh, I thought you had an exclusive for us, Mel. <laughs> I thought you were going to give us the exclusive on the Saturday morning mowers. I don't think I've ever had an exclusive. <laughs> oh, keep guessing. That's what I do. I, you'll get one, right? Don't worry about it. But... Um, yeah, you mentioned that England need to win this. Does that come into Australia's planning for the next couple of days or Australia just going all out? They want to get these two wickets wrapped up early this morning and, and get back out and batting. No, I think I think for Australia, it's it's about test match cricket. And you, you don't, we've spoken about it quite a bit. They don't play it often, but knowing that you've won one, it's the one that every player is going to remember. So for, for Australia, they're going to be going to go out there being nice and positive. They want to make it an attractive game for the people here at Canberra and everyone watching to play as well because the more attractive than it is, hopefully the more we can get in the schedule as well. So mm. not that they're going to be going out there with that in their mind, but um, they'll be playing aggressive cricket trying to uh, trying to get the points first and foremost. 
Yeah, that's a really good point about the Test match cricket. The I say the Australian women's cricket team are really their skills in the and their tactics in the T Twenty and the One Days are very good. How have you seen the overall tactics, uh, the bowling changes? Have they got things right? Is there th- some things they could have done a little bit differently over the first two days? Uh, no, I think they've been pretty good, both um, Meg Lanning and Heather Knight. It's um, sometimes it's a little bit think on your feet stuff, which is great, and that's what sport is. You've got to find a solution out in the middle. Um, particularly in, in games that they haven't had sort of that bank of experience in coming through club cricket and state cricket. Um, so you can sort of see the look on Meg Lanning's face at the moment. She's that kind of captain. She's always trying to think ahead of the game. Um, but the game could go in multiple different directions. So I think it's been a wonderful challenge for both captains and they're certainly stepping up. The bowling lineup, it's a new look bowling lineup for Australia. So Darcy Brown, 18, um, Annabelle Sutherland, um, just out of her teenage years, Alana King, um, who I love in, in terms of her action. I just think it's so reliable and she's so good to watch as a spinner. Who's, if it's not one of those three, who's kind of stood out to you with, with the ball for Australia so far? Yeah, I'm super impressed with Annabelle Sutherland yesterday with her with her seam bowling. Um, Elise Perry damaged it front toe for a bit, so didn't bowl as much as probably what was expected. No Megan shoot in this test match. No Tay Vilemic either as an out-and-out quick so for a youngster to step up, I thought her lines were great. Her plans were, were superb. And to get her first test wicket of, of Matt Siver, who's one of the premier batters in world cricket at the moment, was pretty special. And you mentioned Alana King, 23 overs, 19 straight. Like, for, for a debutante coming in, um, bowling to you know a world-class batting lineup, I thought was superb as well. Mel, the English, how close do they need to get to this uh, Australian target of 337 to you know, get them into the game, give them a realistic chance of bowling Australia out and getting the win? Yeah, look, look the closer they get, the sort of more question is then placed on Meg about, you know, how Australia go about their next innings in terms of how many runs they want to try and get ahead and then the time factor as well to try and then bowl uh, England out as well. So, yeah, critical this first session of play could um, could really set up the test match. I know there's a a little bit of rain around, but having a look at it now, I think we're going to be we're going to be pretty good for for the rest of the day. So, yeah, game on this first session. Good, which is good. Hopefully, it all stays away because yeah, well, we won't get into the topic of it should be five days and not four. That's for another day, and hopefully, no. <laughs> <laughs> common sense does prevail there. But Mel, really appreciate your time as always, and uh, enjoy the day's credit. I'm sure you will, and we will as well. Yep, thanks for your time, guys. Appreciate it. Mel Jones uh, there joining us from Fox Cricket and catch every ball of the Women's Ashes Series live and ad break free on Fox Cricket. Available on Foxtel and KO. You need to trim, blow, cut or mow. There's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, and a massive thanks to Toro Mowers, powered by 100 years of innovation. Here we are in our Toro Red with the merch on, and Nick's trying to get the microphone or the headphones on underneath his floppy hat. Like Keith Arthurton or Richie Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> and you're struggling game. over there. So while you do that, we're going to catch well. up with our man Sam Hargraves, who is a big part of the Big Bash Nation on SEN. Uh, the Big Bash is over for another season, as in covered it all. Oh, <laughs> it was a bit to do for El Samuel, who uh, joins us right now. Sam, um, geez, it was a long season. It was good to get it done with the final, though, last night. And um, they got through it. It was a logistical nightmare, but they got through it. 
Yeah, boys, thank you. I had hair when we started. Um, I think I was at the right bowl age of 27 with my whole life ahead of me. Now at 41, we can finally turn our attention <laughs> to other things. Uh, it, did, it did seem like that, though, didn't it? Thanks for having me. Um, it, yeah, and the players felt that too. I mean, that was coming. They don't normally... Players tend to be pretty stoic. Um, they're, they're always pretty understanding of, look, the rest of the world going through things that are... Uh, pretty awful as well, but they were even getting to the point where like, oh, this is yeah, this is dragging on. Where we, we just can't wait for this to be over. But it did finish in pretty spectacular fashion over the last well two games really. I mean, the Strikers and the Sixers um, Challenger Final was one of the best big bash games I've ever seen, and, and had the privilege of uh, calling. And then last night, I mean, you know, more twists and turns than an M Night Shyamalan film, and you thought that the Scorchers were just done and dusted. I think they were four for 26 after six overs and uh, all their big guns back in the shed, but no one counted on, you know, Ashton Turner, who might be the forgotten man of Australian cricket, who Captain Brintley and Laurie Evans, the Englishman, English journeyman who equals Kevin Peterson for the fastest ever 50 in a, in a big bash final. Uh, was just extraordinary. Turn the game on its head. Sammy, I think it's important that it did finish this way. Uh, you said just before that, the final last night was a pretty good game, but it did turn uh, pretty quickly for the the Sixers. Um, having the lack of international, the internationals that were here and when they played were were pretty good. Um, was it just the the way of the world and the scheduling? We just couldn't get more in. It's it's been one of the major criticisms that's been levelled at the Big Bash since the beginning, and that is that they play it the way that it's played and how long it's played for and probably the lack of money in comparison to other competitions around the world. We just can't attract the best internationals, especially from some countries at that Christmas time of year. So Chuck Berry's got a theory that if you can't get a big name, get no one. Just if you, Why would you bring a no-name international out when you could play a no-name local? It's basically Chuck's. View and, and or I Steve Smith. Support that. <laughs> What's that? Or Steve Smith. <laughs> yeah, that guy, he rings a bell. He, he rings a bell, that guy. Um, yeah, well, that's another story, which I think Cricket Australia, I mean, Cricket Australia either don't want to know or just don't know what the problems are with this tournament. And I love it. And, and Chuck's as passionate and, and all our commentary team are equally as passionate about it. But if you've got Australia's best batter for the last five years, even though he's not a, a dominant T20 player, but he's a draw card. He's one of the biggest names in cricket. I don't care that if he didn't have a contract with... We were plucking people out of grade cricket a couple of weeks ago just to get games done. The Sixers' uh, wicketkeeper wasn't on a contract. He was their assistant coach. And then when Josh Phillippe pulled out, they said, oh, well, no, it's okay because he's a specialist. No, it's okay because he's not a big name and no one complained. All the five other states all had a whinge. And then there's no Steve Smith, which is just dumb. It is just dumb. But anyway. Yeah, what can you do? Um, Perth, though... I like them yeah. at the start of the tournament. I think sat here a few Saturdays ago last year and <laughs> exclusively tipped them, I do believe. But um, the Scorchers, they had to do it the hard way as well. Look, all, all the all the teams had difficulties with players dropping out with COVID and just randoms coming in that they met in the dressing room before the game and then little lockdowns and bubbles and all that. But Perth, to, to do it on the road, essentially, that's that's pretty impressive. Oh, it is, and, and you guys would know, I mean, we've been watching a lot of sport for the last couple of years, and I think we've all said that if you can win a title during these times, um, then, then it's, it's even more the sweet. Um, it's even sweeter because you're 100% right. The, the Scorch has been on the road since mid-December, 
Um, and 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 they one of the things that you heard from their camp was that one of the things that was giving them a lot of hope and um, was that was that January five date where they thought oh, Feb five, that, oh, yeah. Feb five, Feb five that that the borders were going to open and everything was going to be hunky dory again. They were just rocked when when that news came through that that wasn't going to happen. Now this isn't a crack at Mark McGowan, but that news really hit them hard. So to to be able to absorb that. To get through again, they only lost three games for the season. They they were clearly the the standout side of it, um, and they've created history, becoming the first team to win four uh, BBL titles, which is pretty impressive. We've had eleven BBLs and they've won four of them. Sam, who made a name for himself? Give me two or three people that we didn't know at the start of the Big Bash uh, season who stepped up and is put himself right up in the forefront of T Twenty cricket. That's a great question. That's what great I do. Great question. That's what I do. That's why. That's what I do. He's going to dine like out on that for the next month. Can we get that? No, can we get that, that clipped up, Gibbo, for Sam to say that was a good question, yeah. just so we can send that to Toro and or, you know. Sam. This guy next to me, he kicked four goals in a match <laughs> 16, 17 years ago, and he bangs on about it like you wouldn't believe. So he's going to bang on about that question, and hopefully, we've given you oh, enough yeah. time to think about the answer. I can't, I can't have a go at him though because because that was against Geelong and being a Hawthorne fan. Yes. Clip that up as well. Nothing could be better than seeing Geelong fans and and the Geelong team suffer. No, so I would say that a bloke like Matt Short, who made the team of the year, um, who's been a, a really solid state level player, um, he was phenomenal this year. Just found his way in BBL and found what his strengths were, and also really valuable contributions with the ball. I think he's now put his name up where I think franchises of this form of cricket overseas will be looking really closely at him to say, geez, he bowls a bit of spin, he bowls in the power plays, um, he takes wickets in power plays, and he hits a big, big ball. Uh, I think him, uh, I think Curtis Patterson, Chuck Brewer was saying last night, one of the most improved players in the competition for the Scorchers, five, uh, four or five scores above 50, and um, he had a really, really good tournament. Um, Ashton Turner in that innings reminded the Australian selectors that I'm not a spent force. I mean, mm. Chuck's always really big on, and I agree that this game is about um, role players and positional players, and, and it's about specialists in specialist positions. And um, there are we've got a plethora of good finishers, which we haven't really employed at an international level. It hasn't mattered because we're T20 world champions, but there are players who have said, I'm, you know, I'm not a spent force or I am an emerging force in the game. And there are probably a couple that, that spring to mind. And Sam, just in closing, do, do you honestly think there's going to be much change? Look, they're probably inside Cricket Australia. They're just looking for a season where they, they don't have to worry about putting players in bubbles and logistic, logistical nightmares. They just want a smooth season. Yeah. So maybe they don't change too much about the actual schedule that they place down. But do you reckon there's much discussion to be had and, and how they have it about maybe tweaking it a bit to, to get a bit more out of the Big Bash? Yeah, there just has to be. Boys, I mean, I don't know what the broadcast deal situation is, so that'll dictate a lot because there's obviously things that have been agreed upon and, and they'll need to be adhered to. But there has to come a conversation where it's like we we had it right early. Um, we, there's just, I mean, there's a couple of things. Don't have it for so long. The players are telling you it's too long. Um, find a way to entice big name overseas players and and the idea to do that and i'm stealing another one from chuck is have that money outside the salary caps so you can go and entice anyone you want don't have it in a state don't have it at the same stage as when the tests are on i know they love that because it can be cricket in the day and 
cricket at night. But it, it robs us of, of some of very, very good T20 players that are playing test cricket. Don't have Australia A game scheduled at the same time because then you're taking another level yeah. of top-line talent uh, around. Um, maybe give it its own window. Uh, and I, I'm a big believer that we don't need to have two teams in Melbourne and two teams in Sydney. Um, I think we've spread the talent pool too thin. I reckon we want to get to a situation where you say, I can't believe that guy's not playing, not I can't believe that guy is playing. And then you'll get more bang for your buck. It'll be, they used to be event games. They used to be, you don't want to miss it. Now you can see, you know, the, the, the Melbourne team versus Sydney teams, you can see that three times a year. So it loses a little bit of, you know, of the urgency around it. So I don't know, there's a few things, but hopefully they do listen. They haven't yet, but you'd never, you'd never give up on hope. No, exactly. Otherwise, what's the point? Sam, thank you very much for joining us, mate. Um, enjoy the rest, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Thanks, boys. Pleasure. Sam Hargroves uh, from SEN's Big Bash Nation. You're with the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut, or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back. 0457 736 736. Morning, lads. Uh, lawn mowed already and looking schmick. Good stuff. Daniel from Adelaide. Medvedev, by the way, has the look of, and temper of Jafar from Aladdin. From uh, I'm not quite across Aladdin. I can't remember what happened. I might have to ask the kids there. But asking if um, Daniel Medvedev would fit a movie character, uh, he reminds me a bit of Boris the Blade out of Snatch. <laughs> Can't kill him. He's got a filthy temper as well. Uh, Pella from Peakhurst as well. Long-time listener, AP and ND. How do we get our hands on the mowers merchandise? It wouldn't <laughs> well, be a Saturday without it. Well, well, well. We don't have much at the moment. <laughs> and it's good and I'm not giving it all. No, we will uh, We will think about um, inventive ways to uh, give, it, uh, give it away and merch for the late Conjola mowers. Yes, please. <laughs> Mate, yours, <laughs> in your little holiday house down there. Uh, got back from a couple of weeks away and the the big deep breaths weren't so much about whether or not the kids would pay me any attention or the dog would recognize who it was. It was how the lawn was the lawn looking. Looks. And unfortunately, um, uh, Mrs. Peacock and also the father-in-law have looked after things in that respect. But mm-hmm. I do feel myself now becoming so addicted to lawn mowing that you drive past the local park and the local park or median strip even has even let itself go and you think, Jeez, I'd love to get the Toro on that. Jeez, I'd love to just sort it out. It looks ridiculous. Have some lawn pride, people. That's what we're trying to do here at the Mowers Club, <laughs> make people aware of lawn, how important it is, and a little bit of lawn envy. And there also needs to be feedback. I was walking up to 7-Eleven the other day, and there's a beautifully manicured lawn. Oh, yeah. Beautifully manicured. It's edging was immaculate edging. Doesn't good edging just bring oh. everything up? Rising tide floating all boats. That's what a good edger is. It's so important. Mm. It's so important. And, yeah, it had immaculate edging. <laughs> and you <laughs> can tell it had the double cut. Mm. And for our mowers that are and you to the show, the double cut is you go down one way and then back the same way over the same strip. Without the catcher. Without the catcher. With or without the catcher. It just teaches the lawn to grow in different ways, is it not? I don't know. Joel Kane's a master of that. We've got T-shirts to say Mowers Club. We need to <laughs> We need to pretend that we know what we're talking about. Do here. you have a mower? <laughs> lawn envy. Do you have lawn envy? Yep, totally. Or do you have lawn appreciation? 
Both. Can't have it. No, you can't have both. Why not? I have lawn appreciation and envy at South South Cronulla. There's beautiful grass there at South Cronulla, and every time myself a jaded walk past it, I go, "Geez, I'd love to tee up a five <laughs> three wood on this and just <laughs> plow one into the ocean." No, I've got lawn appreciation. I like. What about mower appreciation? In what way? When you're walking past someone, or you can see someone mowing, and you say, "Well, look at that." Right, shiny new Toro, or the other way where you go, oh, have a look at that mower. It yeah. is just absolutely. Henry T. Ford invented it in <laughs> 1912. Exactly. And then you get your people with your ride ons. Not in suburbia too much. No, what about no? I have a friend of mine. What? Got a tiny backyard, got a nah, ride on. No, no, no. Uses a ride on lawnmower to also launch a boat. <laughs> Ow. True story. How? Just put a tow ball on the back of it. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> right on lawnmower. Did you play football with this said person? No. Way too much money. No. Right on mower. It doesn't have <laughs> they to They can tow it. a boat. It doesn't have to. No, just in and out of the water. Uh, man. Uh, hey, lads. Lawns all mowed. Happy Saturday. Oh, good stuff, Maddie and Yui. Um, Adam, you reckon the soccerers can... Do it. The kids look good on uh, Thursday night. McGree could be our next big thing. Well, if there's one thing. Didn't that... they win 78 in a row and become the world's greatest <laughs> football team at one I... stage? No, no Is one that said not what that, you Nick. were preaching? No one said that, Nick. Right, so you you have talking a... soccer. This is like the, 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 the uh, Oscars music when we start to talk about soccer. Yeah, we go well, to the news. After the break, Luke Wilkshire yes! is joining us to talk football. And Luke played a while in Russia. And Russia... Well, let's just say Luke might have friends that can make you disappear quickly. And Maybe I'll he happily knows Daniel Medvedev. Get that sorted with uh, Lukey boy. Uh, we've got Yenar on the way as well and plenty else on the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers back after the nap. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Got there in the end. I, I didn't start talking until I pressed the button, Gibbo. <laughs> Nearly stuffed it, though. He did He did a few. Yeah. <laughs> Last week when you left. Hey, Nick yes. and Gibbo, question here from uh, Chris Coe from Willoughby on the text line 0457 736 736. Boys, what is the average price to pay someone to mow the lawn? Ooh. Very good question. Uh, age group in regards to children mowing the lawn and or... Like no, I, th- if, I think if you it's need to getting, pay your kids. No, hired help in. Hired help. I can only assume this is it. Depends if they're, if they're using a Toro, that's premium, <laughs> premium equipment. You pay a price equipment. for that. You, Absolutely yeah. you do. <laughs> yes. Your lawnmower man rolls up and doesn't have a Toro. You just send him back in. Get out there with the scissors and do it yourself. <laughs> what are we paying for a lawn? Depends how, depends how big. Yeah, okay. Average block. Average, oh, okay. Northern beaches, mate. Three hundred and fifty bucks for your blocks up there. Backyard, ten <laughs> by ten. How, how big is that? Lawn, ten meters by ten meters. Like a tennis court? No, nah, it's bigger than that, isn't it? That's it's half a tennis court essentially. Half a tennis court. Yeah. Hundred? Seventy-five? Nah, fifty. 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 Tiny. Pineapple. Fifty. Cash. 
Cash money? Yeah. The lawn mowing economy is built on cash money. <laughs> is it the, not? I wonder what the tax return looks like for Imagine a guy who mows lawns. Imagine that if you hand it over and you ask for a receipt yeah. from the lawnmower man. You're like, mate. Lawnmower man does his taxes. So you're telling me note. <laughs> you're telling me that you earned seventy two dollars this year in taxable income. <laughs> He's driving around we got a car sponsor, yeah, in the Ray Ford Ranger, we'll get one. So I'd pay a hundred. A hundred. If it was nicely done. I'm talking whipper snippered, okay. everything taken. Edgy. Oh, you can oh, use my green bin. Okay. That's fine. You can dump it in my green bin, but you've got to do it. I'll pay I'd rather pay something for something well Is done. Is that just inflation? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. You can't do anything for less than 50. No one does anything for less than 50 these days. No, you certainly don't. Absolutely not. <laughs> yes, I, um, <clears throat> At our house, I put our lawns on air tasker. And so we have essentially, we have three levels and it was looking pretty, pretty poor. And so this guy came over and I put it on air tasker for like $150. Mm. And I was thinking, that's fair enough. Like mm. I would maybe do it for $150. And then so this guy comes over, he's like, no, no way, 250 bucks. I'm like, oh, okay, 250. no worries. We ended up getting this young guy. <laughs> this yeah. young guy, this is his first air tasker job. Yeah. Like he's a school student. He comes in and does it. And look, he does an did okay he wear a hat, job. Did he wear a hat like mine? <laughs> no, he didn't. He had no hat. And oh, no hat, we're no all play, s- no hat, no mo. We're all, <laughs> sitting rule. In the, we're all sitting in the lounge room. And he walks out with the whippersnipper, and then he thinks we say something, turns around, he turns the whippersnipper, smacks into the TV, <laughs> smacks into the TV, and then he starts talking about, oh, hey, I want to get off the air tasker thing, so if you want me to keep doing this, you could probably just pay me cash, because he doesn't want to yeah. go through the app. <laughs> he, he doesn't, he doesn't want like, to have to pay the... Mate, this is your first job already, you're thinking about how you're going to... Franchise. system, <laughs> and you nearly broken our TV, but yeah. Did he come back? No, he didn't come oh, back. Fair enough. Fair you don't want to have the whippersnipper going outside and then turning around and just taking a big chunk out of your hedge or something. That would have well, been Devo. He first came over and his mower wasn't working, and that's that's where we. It wouldn't have been a Toro. That's why. <laughs> it wasn't a hundred years. Was... There was not a hundred years in innovation in his mower. Crisco from Willoughby, by the way, he did qualify. Uh, boys, professional mow, blow, edge. The whole yeah, I'm yeah, hundred for all that. A hundred, yeah, fair enough. Absolutely. Hey, boys, I think Medvedev could play Hans Gruber's diehard le- illegitimate son. He has a plan to get rid of all the small cats in the world. <laughs> Can we have that again from last night, uh, the the second one? We understand Greek. We understand Greek. So next time it should be a code violation because he's speaking here. If you don't, you are a, how can I call it, small cat. <laughs> Uh, which brings us to our next segment. It's time for... Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. No, nah, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no. Nah. I'm going to lead off this week. <laughs> I'm going to clap because of a beautiful throw. Thanks. You've been working on it. Did it. Okay, you go because I had seven anyone last who, week. Anyone who bags that last night what? and in the same breath doesn't denounce everything that John McEnroe did and to a certain degree another American Jimmy Connors. I agree. And Marit Safin and Nick Kyrgios and all of that. So if you're having a go at that, you've got a problem with anyone who's ever had a proper pop at an umpire in a tennis match. Like Jimmy Connors, and I don't say this lightly, because it was the, it was the worst thing I've ever heard said on a tennis court. His he great run. With me. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. His great yeah. run at the US Open at the age of 38, I think it was, in the early oh, 90s. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. He called an official an abortion. <laughs> he had his finger on the button then. So... <laughs> What? 
people go on about how great Jimmy Connors was for tennis and how great John McEnroe was for tennis, and they've got a problem with that. The umpire handled it perfectly. He said, get on with it. He said sorry at the end. He copped a code violation. Move on. It doesn't need to be the end of the world. It doesn't need to be kicked out of the tournament for all of that. So anyone who bagged out Daniil for his antics, and they were antics last night. Yeah, no. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Very good. Thanks. Good start. Got another one? Yep. Go for it. It's controversial. Okay. It's got nothing to do with sport or mowing, but that's never stopped us on this show before. Chopper chops. What? I'm yeah narrowing chopper chops. <laughs> yeah, now a lollipop. Why make it so hard to get into the <laughs> oh, damn true, thing? True. <laughs> I agree with this. Why make it so hard to get into the chopper chop? It's been a good eight, nine <laughs> minutes. <laughs> And then it became personal. They're wrapped tight, aren't they? Why? <laughs> With Why? Super glue. Why chopper chops? Maybe. If I keep saying chopper chops enough, I reckon a big tin of them is going <laughs> to Saturday morning Mowers Club Torrid t-shirt. Thanks for our other sponsor that we can't be. Um, chopper chops. Why are they packed so tightly? I don't know. Why? But I agree. Yeah, nah. To whoever packs those beautiful lollipops. How good is the strawberry cream one? Oh, how good the chopper chop. Yeah. When you can finally break down. Quick one from me. Yep. Anyone in a public place, shopping centre, line at Woolworths. Yep. Wherever else, where you're in earshot, on a phone conversation, on speaker. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. I don't need to say any more. Gibbo. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yep. Absolutely. Pack of fools. We don't need to listen to your conversation. Sorry. Absolutely. You got another one or are we done today? Uh, Wordle. What's wrong with Wordle? I don't get it. Well, you don't need to get it. Like it doesn't mean you have to get it. No, just because you don't get it. Yeah. Don't have a even moderate command of the English language doesn't make you bag other people who get their brain going in the morning like I do with your six-word special from Wordle. This push-up. <laughs> that was directed just at you and anyone else. It looks like you. I find it very hard <laughs> to take a man with a library monitor hat on telling me to do push-ups. Oh, I'm smart. In the studio. <laughs> Wordle. Yeah. Nah. Here's a break. We're going to talk some football just to put oh, a good. smile back on Nick's doll after this. Uh, you're the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, before we get to Luke Wilkshire, who's just cleaned out his catcher after mowing the lawns this morning down there, uh, we'll and talk a bit of football. Uh one that we were chatting before before the break about um, the fact that uh, lawnmowers, professional lawnmowers, probably in terms of tax time, don't have too much to do. Uh, boys, I'm a ch- chartered accountant. It's amazing how little the turnover of your average sole trader <laughs> lawnmower is. On the other hand, their deductions for mower fuel and car expenses are uh, amazingly high. I'm ama- amazed how they can live from Matt, the chartered accountant. So, I don't know much about it. Accounting and whatnot, but surely you can't claim more than you were. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a go. Uh, uh, I earned one hundred and seventy-eight dollars <laughs> this year, and I want to claim four thousand dollars on mobile fuel. 
Let's now talk some football with uh, former Socceroo, now part of the uh, the team on Channel 10 and also Paramount Plus and coaching in the MPL with uh, the Wollongong Wolves. Luke Wiltshire joins us right now. Luke, how are you, mate? Yeah, good morning. I'm well yourselves. Good, good. You um, mowing the lawn this morning, mate, or you've uh, got better things to be doing with your time? No, I can't say I have been, mate. I'm uh, yeah, with, the, with the kids and then uh, yeah, got a few things to do this afternoon before heading up to... Sydney for for the game tonight. Ah, oh, cool, cool. Yeah, it's good to have the A League back. Everyone seems to have COVID, so they can't get it again. So they can actually play some some games right now. But firstly, mate, what you witnessed uh, on Thursday night with the Socceroos four nil over Vietnam. Where does it place us? Are we in good shape to to get through on the basis of that performance? Oh, look, that's a, the first of four. We've ticked that box. We got the three points, which was most important. Um, you know, that's all that matters, and it doesn't matter how we get it. Although I think there were some positive um, performances. Obviously, scoring four goals is a positive. Getting back to winning ways. Uh, clean sheet. But, uh, you know, that job's done. And, and now we've got a, a massive test in Oman. Yeah, Luke, what do they have to do to, to get this, um, get the next win? Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's a tough place to go, Oman. It's, it's always been tough. Um, you know, that's the last throw of the dice, Oman, to have any chance of qualifying. Um, so it's not going to be easy, but... You know, look, I think I think we've got enough. We've definitely got enough um, to get through that tie and keep it in our hands going into the last two against Japan and Saudi. Did you play in that game, I think it was about 10 years ago, I think Mark Schwarzer called it the worst conditions he's ever played in his life. It was like 42 degrees and they played in the middle of the afternoon or something. Were you in, involved in that one yeah. or other ones over there? Yeah, I was. I was. Like I said, it's always a tough place to go. And I remember that the humidity was ridiculous. I think we lost about four kilos during the game. Um, you know, doing all sorts with ice vests and, and everything to try and get our temperatures down. Um, but, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's not going to be easy. It's, it's a tough place to go. But, um, you know, the boys got the chartered flight. They'll do everything to recover and prepare for it. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll be up for it. Nick, you should have gone there on your preseason. I would have loved it. <laughs> we'll sort out a few problems, please. Four kilos, perfect. I contemplated one year. I contemplated one year going to Bali and getting Bali Belly and trying to live. <laughs> I actually contemplated that. Shortcut, Davis. Yep. There he is. <laughs> hey, um, Graham Arnold got out of isolation. I don't know if you you caught up with him or, or have spoken to him at all. Um, your former coach at Sydney, but he, uh, the, the, the poor guy, he had to coach by remote control on Thursday night out of his room, but he's he's got the all clear. He's, he's right to travel now. Yeah, I'm sure he was bouncing out of that hotel room, that's for sure. No, and only he'd be, um, he'd be full of life. He would have been desperate to get out of there and, <laughs> and, and on the pitch with the boys. So, look, I guess the only comfort he could have is the fact that he, he could sit there in his room pretty comfortably because the boys were pretty much in control of that whole game by the, the sort of 20 minutes after half time where Vietnam had a little crack at us. No Is one... it one of those ones where you don't wait? You're like, geez, I hope they win, but not by too much because then I don't really need to be here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> My value is overrated. <laughs> yes, we don't need the coach anymore. No, no. I think, um, you know, it's always a bit different when the when the head coach is not there. It's, it's just human nature, even in training. Um, you know, and I think that, that potentially could show in the way we started the second half against Vietnam. Um, we were a bit, bit slow out and, and we let them creep back into the game. Um, but, but no, look, no doubt they'll be happy to have him back and, you know, everyone will be fully fit and available for selection no mind. Uh, Matildas, so they're, uh, they're into the quarterfinals of the Asian Cup against Korea. Um, wasn't quite 18-0 in the, the next two games after the, the Indonesia one. What, what do you reckon, in your estimation, 
Luke, what's what's par for the Matildas out of this tournament? I think the expectation is to win it. I think um, the squad that we've got, the depth that we've got in our squad, there's no reason why we shouldn't be winning this tournament. And I think that'll be the expectation. Um, you know, they've, they've got us all an, an absolute fly, obviously. Um, and to get through the group, allowed, allowed him to, to rest a few um, in that third group game to freshen things up coming into the, the you know, the playoff games now. So, you now I think they're, they're in good form, um, you know, without any injuries and, and everyone available. Um, and obviously, being able to rotate the squad, um, give opportunities for, for some and to rest some of the, the main players, I think, was a, was a good thing for us. Luke, I'm interested in your story at the moment. You've come back to coaching down at Wollongong. I just want to ask you the question. What are some of the main things that you've played all over the world? You've been a Socceroo, coming back to that level of, of football. What are some of the things that you try and instill in, in, in your team down there? Yeah, look, I think the, the, the biggest thing is expectation and professionalism. I think, um, you know, the standards that we've set, you know, we've raised the bar. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't understand semi-professional world. I, that's, that's not my thing. I'm, I've been a professional all my life, and that's the way I treat it. Um, you know, and that's the way the, the players have been treated, and I do everything I can to, to make it as professional as possible for them. Um, with the challenges that, yeah, obviously, you have as semi-professional world. Um, so, you know, and I'm, I'm enjoying that. It's, um, you know, it's challenging at times. It's, it's very different, um, but it's also very rewarding. We were talking um, earlier about the Big Bash and, and Darren Barry, who calls the Big Bash here at SEN, was saying that what's the point in getting a no-name international when you get a no-name Australia, local guy and give him a chance at having a crack at that level? Now, you see the level below the A-League men's a lot, do you think along similar lines with when A-League um, men's teams need to fill their roster, should they be looking out in the, the over-the-back fence type thing in, in the MPL landscape rather than trying to pluck someone out of the Romanian league with all due respect to over there in, in the second-tier European leagues and get someone out of there? Yeah, look, I think obviously if we're bringing foreigners in, um, you want to make sure they're definitely of a, of a much better level um, very clearly and, and, and of a, a name that's going to, to you know, benefit to grow our game here. I think there's, there's definitely players around that have, have potential and, and, and maybe desperate for an opportunity um, that can thrive and grow in the right environment uh, with the right coaches and clubs. Um, but that's a challenge in, in finding and those, those ones and, and not only that, being able to you know, have clubs and coaches alike that, that can identify that and to work with these players to really get the maximum out of them because there's definitely talent around. Speaking of identifying, uh, have you been watching much of the tennis and um, given your connections to Russia, uh, playing over there for a very long time and having Russian family now as well, uh, Daniil Medvedev, have you got a take on him? Yep. Hey, oh, mate, I... Um... Look, naturally, we're, we're supporting him, and I know everyone else is, is against him. Um, <laughs> you know, Not yeah, everyone. Moments, but, but I think, um, you know, I think he's grown as a player. He's matured as a player. That he's, His consistency, I think, he's, you know, he got through the tough five set of the other night, and that little drop of rain probably helped him to compose himself and um, get control of it. But I, I think he's, he's a great tennis player. I think he's a, he's a good guy. Um, behind what people maybe may, may think, um, you know, and naturally, as a half Russian we are we are supporting in my my household what um in in Russian have we lost something in translation in, in Russian does 
What does small cat mean? You've got to give him some credit for that. That's very intelligent. That is a very intelligent comment. He is a very intelligent guy. I, I think this is what people don't understand. The guy's actually a maths genius. And I get the feeling, yeah. Luke, that watching him, that he it's sometimes... Math. Yeah, well, math, math or whatever it is. It's math. When, math he, for, when for, he's in a situation that he can't comprehend that the other guy's beating him or the umpire's giving him stick or the crowd's giving him stick, he sees it like a maths equation. This should be a logical reason for what's happening. And he his mind seems to explode with the fact that he can't find a logical solution for it. He's, but he's a pretty sharp guy, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. And like I said, even even in that heated moment like that, to, to have the, um, you know, the intellect, also the control to, to you know, pick his words um, in a certain manner. <laughs> uh, you know, I quite enjoyed the same. I quite enjoyed, I think the umpire was, uh, was in total shock when he was demanding to look at him while he spoke to him yesterday. Uh, <laughs> As I, is a like normal occurrence think. for you at home, mate. <laughs> <laughs> look, he, he was he was very straight. He was very direct. He was, you know, there was no effing and blinding, which you know I, I can accept that he wanted answers. Uh, and I, I just think the, the the fact that the umpire couldn't, um, I guess, give him a, a, an answer um, in a clear and, and sort of confident way um, made him even more frustrated. <laughs> Must be fun watching it though when you. When you're watching him, sometimes he goes off his brain in Russian. So you'd be sitting there, Luke, going, "Oh yeah, that's you, the best you, way." You probably... <laughs> then you can then you can curse. That's what I do on the sideline. Oh, do you? If, I, if, I, if some of the words I say in English, I'm going to get booked or sent off. <laughs> so if I speak in Russian, they don't understand. It just passes by, and I, and I feel better for it too. You got to vent sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> totally understandable, mate. Hey, um, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it, mate. And yeah, the uh, the A League men's back tonight. Where are you off to tonight? Is it the uh, the Sydney games tomorrow? Isn't it? Yeah, no, we're doing the um, tonight. We're doing the Raw versus Wanderers. I'm covering tonight, so. Looking forward to that on 10. Yeah, Wanderers uh, need to wake up a bit. And Carl Omson was under the pump not long ago, but then everyone got COVID. So we don't really know how <laughs> under the pump he is right now, but we'll uh, we'll soon find out. Mate, really appreciate it. Enjoy that. Enjoy the tennis tomorrow night as well. Uh, get your man, Daniil, across the line. See uh, what other small animals he calls the umpire and see what happens. <laughs> All right. Cheers, fellas. Have a good day. Thanks, mate. Cheers, uh, Luke Wilkshire. Yeah, I, look, I've got a few, few Serbian mates. And when Novak Djokovic is playing, they go... Uh, do you realise what he just said there? <laughs> <laughs> At the back of the court? So, yeah. it's uh, Wasn't it, though, one of the great sting operations of all time? They're calling it a sting operation that they got the yes. last night, and Gibbo, you were across it as well. <laughs> they got the chair umpire who did the first semi final, Eva Azdaraki, who's mm-hmm. an outstanding chair umpire, to go and stand underneath where Tsitsipas's dad was giving advice to Stefanos. And then she was like hiding around the corner <laughs> when Stephanos looked over. She's like, it was brilliant. And it was like after she, the point was given or whatever, she then sort of sits back down and it's like, oh, that's a job well done. I really, I earned my point there. <laughs> she slipped back yeah. along the wall. Why on earth was Stephanos' dad even, like he had a mask on. There was perspex there. So he would have had to, whatever he was saying, yell. He yelled pretty loud. <laughs> You're pretty loud. But then they got the Greek-speaking umpire to go underneath. And... Sit underneath there. It's brilliant. Well, why are they allowed to not be coaching, Why should Adam? you not be able to? You, it's a yeah, nah. That, oh, you're bringing it back. Yeah, I'm bringing it back. Encore. Because it was so good.
that we need an encore. It is an absolute yeah, nah, that you shouldn't be allowed to have coaching during the tennis game. They, it's an absolute yeah, nah. It's allowed on the WTA tour, but Why? it's not allowed at Grand Slams. Why? Because there's there's a WTA tour run their thing, the ATP tour run the men's thing, and then when you get but when you get to a Grand Slam, it's run by someone else, the ITF. So it's their rules. So I oh, I agree. I agree. It's either yeah, just let it out. What what's it going to do? It, if anything, last night it totally distracted. Exactly. Stephanie. I think if you just he said, didn't need go, it. Go your hardest. The coaches would probably say less. Yeah. Daniil Medvedev, his coach actually said before the Kyrgios match, he sat him down in the locker room and said, if you even look at me, if you say one word to me in frustration, I'm walking out. I'm out of there. I want nothing to do with it. So stay in your lane mentally. And he did. The whole match against Kyrgios, he didn't say a word. It should be the other way from the coach too. If I'm the player, I'm going, listen, if you say one thing, I'm trying to hit this ball back over the net. I reckon the... TV executives would go into Danil before tomorrow's final and say, That was great. Can you uh, that was great. do that again? <laughs> a bit like Mike Amor and Beck Madden. <laughs> bit of fishy. Yeah, they would have got the, oh, well, we apologise for it, but behind closed that doors, was great. big pat on the back. Big pat on the back. Big thumbs up. Um, what have we got coming up, Gibber? What's on the rundown? We're going to go around the socials after uh, this. We've got a couple of things socials. up our sleeve. We can sleeve. run Danil Medvedev again. Yeah. <laughs> Just run that for half an hour. <laughs> Pete Donkers as well from Long Reef Golf Club, uh, our weekly horticulture chat as well. We're asking about the sinkhole. How does a sinkhole come out of nowhere like it did at the W League last night? And then they had to <laughs> cut a piece sinkhole. of turf What about out? drop bears? Drop bears used to jump on me about <laughs> two Ks into a three K. I know, the, I know where drop bears come from. <laughs> they were grand pianos <laughs> on your shoulders. Shocking. And later on, uh, Alicia Mollick will join us to talk about uh, the women's final. And Alicia is the uh, the captain of the Billie Jean King Cup. It was Fed Cup. That was so much easier to say. <laughs> that it was, was so much easier. <laughs> At Rod Laver Arena, not <laughs> RLA. Uh, oh, you don't. Yeah. Uh, Non-acronyms, no, though. I hate it. Not for names of people. Yeah. Give J- him some respect. JCA? John Kane Arena? Just say John Kane. Give the person the respect that they deserve for having the arena named after them. Margaret Court? Court. Happy with Margaret Court giving oh, the respect? No. Oh, no, this is a good joke. Mm-hmm. What do you call a lady standing in the middle of a tennis court with one leg? Eileen. Here's the news. There's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, we left you before the news with Nick Davis giving us his... Joke of the day. Um, I buggered it. <laughs> you stopped it up. So clean your own mess up. Go. Hurry up. The Eileen part was right. It was, mm. It's just, what do you call a lady with one leg? Eileen. Mm. What do you call a lady standing in the middle of a tennis court? Mm. Annette. <laughs> you stopped it royal. <laughs> but Eileen was standing in the middle of the tennis court with Annette playing doubles. <laughs> Oh. There's something in this t-shirt. Oh, it's the sort hat. Of it's the hat. It's still on. It's the hat. Mind you. Welcome back, by the way. We've got the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers um, and our other sponsor that shall not be named at the moment until after 11 o'clock, uh, Sydney time. Um, the Saturday morning Mowers Club. Get on Mowers our Club socials. Is, 
He's got a hat that it does look like he's a library monitor, um, but he's called it Keith Arthurton and tries to bring, it, bring it back a bit of coolness about it. But I think it's the hat that's getting to him at the moment. Mm. From Rooster Man on the text line, 0457 736 736. Nick had a pop at uh, Wordle before. Mm. Um, some people are using it as a bit of brain training first thing, first thing in the morning, which I am, but uh, Nick is not a fan. But I do not like this as well, and I agree with Rooster Man here. Wordle, definitely a yeah, nah. Why share that Wordle score with me? People sending me the results of their freaking Wordle. Yeah, no. Yeah, totally agree. Well, do you win at Wordle? Yeah. Yeah, you get it What's right. What's the score? You get it right. If you get how it within get the score? six lines, uh, and they do it on how long it takes and how many guesses you have and all that stuff. So, yeah, there's a score. I don't know. People are only doing it. Rooster Man, you're all over. People only do things now to tell other people that they're doing it. <laughs> True. They do. True. People go for a walk down the beach to take a photo of the ocean to tell people that they're doing it. I played golf yesterday. I did it the same. I, 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 did this I know you did. That's why I said it. Well, that's the whole premise of this show. We're basically doing three hours of talk on sport just to tell people that we mow our lawns. Do we? You're paying someone 100 <laughs> No, I'm not. I'll do it myself. That's a bit. But I would pay someone 100 Some people only do Wordle so they can tell people they're doing it. Rooster Man's all over that. Honestly, go through my – I know you can't be bothered. It's fair enough too. I've never posted my Wordle score. That's fine. Because I just like doing it to kind of – That's it. Train my brain first thing in the morning, get things moving. You know, it's my mental stretching, so to speak. The tree falls in the woods and no one hears it. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. Did the tree fall? Did the tree fall? Yeah. Yeah, That's like Wordle. You can do it without posting your score. Good point. Philosopher Nick. In that hat. Um, around the socials. Let's go around the socials. And uh, this. Wordle scores. Do you know when you hear people laughing? Yes. And then it makes you laugh? Gary O'Keefe. Check this out. And yes, they were two humans laughing. <laughs> Welcome back to this. It's a weird laugh so, competition somewhere in Europe. I'm not sure. I just saw him on his neck. Listen to him in the background. Is it, was it a competition? Or it was just a coincidence that these two people are on the same whatever. <laughs> it was a competition for the weirdest laugh. <laughs> when he starts laughing three quarters of the way through what he's saying, that's the best. That's up. funny. They're, they're still going. They're still laughing. <laughs> that guy. They're listening to this show. They're listening to my Annette joke. Oh, that guy sounds like he's <clears throat> yeah having an operation without anaesthetic or something. Oh dear! Uh, what it else? Like a Venezuela. So he... lucky they were the tennis. Those two. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone would be outraged. Yes, I've, I've got a good celebration for you guys. As you mentioned at the top of the show, Adam, the Tassie Jack Jumpers won their third game of the year in the NBL, and this is their coach post match. To see, he's he really yes! loving it. Yes! Yes! How good this? Yes! This is real. This is, yes! if you know the 
the bowling clip of who do you think you are? I am. Yes. That's big vibes there from Scott Roth. So yeah, Scotty Roth. I thought that was Adam when he gets the first leg of a ten leg multi. <laughs> so um <laughs> oh, oh, oh Nick, hold on. You can't say that word around here anymore, mate. Uh so Scotty Roth. <laughs> celebrations okay. for a coach. Nick, as in your time, all the matches you've won, best celebration you've seen from one of your coaches? Ooh. Uh it's a good one. Because uh, Fletcher always tells us the story of uh, Paul Langmack against Wayne Bennett. I mm. think uh, so. Paul Langmack was coming down the lift. Souths are in a pretty unlosable spot. One of the players gets one-on-one stripped, and I think the Broncos go down and score. Langmack's come down the escalator, cheering, cheering, cheering. <laughs> <laughs> and then the boys, and I think Fletch was captain at the time. He has to say, oh, we, we lost, Langers. <laughs> so it's, it goes bad. Adam, you've watched a lot of sport in your time. Best sort of coaching celebrations? Oh, uh, it's AFL, actually, oddly enough. It was Ted Witten when uh, Victoria beat – it was a state of origin game. Oh, the, the stick it up him. Stuck it right up him. Yep. Loses his brain. That's yep. fantastic. Have you seen uh, Scotty uh, Robinson? Choco Williams? When they won the premiership, when he, in... when he had to go with the club sponsor, <laughs> the club sponsor. <laughs> on the podium we didn't in front of a hundred thousand people, <laughs> because they called him, they called him and them chokers, and yeah. that was a big one. Yeah. Oh, in... mate, the Crusaders coach, yeah, Razor Scotty Robinson. He uh. does the sprinkle. Oh, he does. He dances. He dances. So they, he did a yeah, yeah, get yeah, around yeah. the circle. Stuff, rap dancing. You've got Graham Swan when the uh, in I think twenty ten when England won the Ashes out here. They're all doing the sprinkler from yeah. a player. Good on him. Robo says, good win. <laughs> and walks out. And walks out. Is <laughs> it just used to it? What's that one that always gets posted on um, social media of the old college, I think he's a basketball college basketball coach. He's out in the front and he starts dancing into the room. He's a good little bloke with the silver hair. You you would have seen it. You would have seen it. I'll bring it up. But, yeah, that the, the Ted Witten one always kind of springs to mind. I, I saw as well on Instagram, Clint Gutherson and the Parramatta Eels posted a photo of them playing their annual cricket day in all their four whites. Uh, Clint Gutherson had Nathan Lyons, t- match worn shirt on. Nick, in your time is that at a flex, shorts? by the way. Is it? I got a bit, I got a bigger flex on that. Is that a flex? I got a flex. Why? I I mean, you're getting the greatest offspin of in Australia's history. You're putting it on. I got a better one. I got a better one. In your time at the Swans or the Chooks, Nick, did you guys play any different sports yeah. like the cricket? Who were the best cricketers? I got one from the Boy Cordner. Mm. He's playing, is it six, whatever they play, some little 2020 comp. Ah, uh, Last Man Stands. Whatever that is. Mm. Here's a flex for you. Asked him yesterday at training. So, oh, how'd you go yesterday, boy? Day? He goes, oh, yeah, all right. He goes, oh, I got a new bat. I said, oh, really? Where'd you get it from? He goes, Steve Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I was thinking some sort of department store. He goes, oh, yeah, the goat gave it to me, Steve Smith. I was like, oh. Well, he didn't need it, did he? The last couple of weeks <laughs> on Steve. Black band. That's a pretty good flex. <laughs> That's a big flex. Solid flex. But a worthy one, I reckon. Uh, text line. Boys, I heard the news story about Matt Ebden potentially missing his child's birth. My question is, why is this a thing? He's going to earn about 300K if he wins the doubles. I'm sure his partner understands. Good point, but he will be locked out of Perth because they changed the rules over there instead of Feb 5. allowing. It. Didn't that stuff up a few plans, by the way, over in Perth? What are they going to do with the uh, AFL, AFL season? What? Are they going to find a way? that If, if anyone can find a way, it's the old AFL. At the grand final there. Everyone got over there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. When does it reopen? 
McGowan's not saying. Oh. I bet you Gil knows. <laughs> Gil's probably setting the date. Absolutely. Uh, Origin he's looks like a, it's he's off the sending table. You, he's sending him a calendar invite. Far out. Amazing. Amazing. Boys, if you send me some of that merch for the Toro Moro, Mowers, uh, Mowers Club, I will burn my big sports breakfast hat <laughs> ASAP. <laughs> yes. I'm There's the first T-shirt. There's the first. Who's that? <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. So we're saying that if you... We'll help out Vossi. <laughs> we know he's under the pump here from Buzz. I'm happy to help him. No one else has got merch here, have they? Uh, no one. Not no yet. one. Not yet. Yeah, that's a really great point, Adam. Nick. <laughs> I've done that a few times. Sorry about that, it's Nick. Brooksy. It's amazing what happens hey, when we're hey. both here together. But we are the first. I think we are the first SEN Sydney show anyway to have their own merch. Andy Marr and Bob Murphy, they wouldn't have had merch. No. They just had causes. <laughs> just would look at us with our merch. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut, or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yes, welcome back to the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers, 100 years of innovation. Old mate Daniil is a mix of Gollum and Heath Ledger's Joker for me. Uh, crazy with some intelligence. Brosser Bob, yeah, good point good about point. Uh, Daniil Medvedev. Um, a couple of weeks ago, it got published this week on codesports.com.au. <laughs> it's killing you because you can't mention your <laughs> your one yet until after 11 o'clock. Uh, but I'll give mine a... What, moving a the chains? <laughs> yeah, moving Anyone the chains. Anyone see the NFL? Oh, wait for the last hour. It's going to be NFL hour. Um, the, yeah, did an article on Steve O'Keefe, uh, the Sydney Sixers player who's now probably retired. He doesn't know if he's fully retired. He'll, he said he'll get Again. to November and make sure. <laughs> but he, he had a really... He was a really interesting conversation because he was basically... Well, he's an existentialist. He, he didn't – he was saying, oh, look, we we were going for three in a row, but you know what? It's just a sentence. You know, you, you play the game, you win it, you wake up the next day and you just get on with your life type thing. It, it wasn't like a – he wasn't taken with the notion of we have to win, it's results, it's just enjoying yourself in the moment more. And he's found it hard the last two years, especially in bubbles. Um, he did go down the path of um, saying how bad he felt for his misdemeanors in the past. And also the fact that he played a career where he was trying to make up for what he felt were, well, def- not deficiencies, but he knew that other players were more talented. So he had to find out ways of raising his level. And he used the way of, you know, getting inside an opponent's mind and giving him a bit of verbal and things like that to talk about. But all the while it was because he was so unsure of his own ability. It was a really open-minded discussion about the mental aspect of the game and, mm-hmm. and how you get through a career and, and what carries you through a career. Mm-hmm. We look at a sports person and think, <clears throat> oh, yeah, they must be ultra-competitive, which Steve O'Keefe is. Mm-hmm. They must be really well um, level-headed mm-hmm. and they must win and win everything that they play and it's all about winning. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. quite the case. Mm-hmm. You would have seen a few blokes the same. No, there's lots of different motivations. And I, I like the first one, I, and I'd use a bit of a seven, eight, nine-year-old boy or girl. You go down to play football or any sort of football code or cricket. What do you go down there for in the first place? You're not going down there at eight and nine going, oh, I want to 
make a career at it. You go mm. down there to enjoy it. Mm. And I think uh, where uh, it's it's gone, it, it shouldn't always be the essence uh, of of sport and what you do. And anything that you do, if you don't enjoy it, do it. How, how many would you say, oh, it's hard to put a figure on it, but are there a number of players that you've seen who you just go, you're actually not enjoying it. I don't know yeah, if you're one of them. You're totally. not actually not enjoying it. You're just cashing in and cashing in a check, basically. That's all you're doing it for. Yeah. Uh, oh, I wouldn't say they're just doing it to cash in a check, but you definitely see people go through careers and you go that, and they get to a point where you can go, well, geez, you're just not enjoying it. And it, then that comes out in so many different ways with form and attitude and all this sort of thing, injuries and, mm. and, and this come into play. Um, and it takes um, a good dude and a brave man like Steve O'Keefe to come out and sometimes say what everyone is thinking. Um, and th- there's always that perception out there that, oh, and, and you hear it where people retire early or don't do things. And, and everyone always relates things to money. And going, oh, well, why would you give up that? You get paid $500,000 to play footy. Well, I, don't, I don't enjoy it. I don't want to do it. Mm. Um, or it could be golf or whatever it is. You see all these different bits and pieces. And, and people go, oh, being a professional athlete must be such a great job. Well, not really. It's pretty hard. Mm. And um, to do things at any level, at any elite level of any sport and job. Mowing, elite mowing is hard work. Yeah, very hard work, especially on a humid day like today. Day. But, but on the professional sport, it, it, it's, 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 very, it, it's a hard job. And, and people say, oh, is it a job? Yeah, it is. It is. It is now. It is now. Very much so. Yeah, so yeah, Steve O'Keefe is uh, now off. He another thing he said is he is looking forward to being retired and living like a normal person, but he's also absolutely petrified of it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. No idea what he's going to do. Actually, he said he didn't want a boss because he doesn't want to let anyone down. He just wants to do bits and pieces of things, and get, so you can relate to. Yep. The the thing that is comforting, and I and I found comforting in professional sport, and I, the irony is not lost to me. The the structure around it, and knowing what you do, like that's the thing when you when you, you leave. Yeah. Like during my career, I knew what day it was by what training session I had, mm. and you live your life by train training session by training session, meeting by meeting, weight session by weight session, game by game, and. It's important that you pr- try not to become defined by that as a person because, and a lot of sports now, they promote education and learning and outside interests and, and it's moved a long way from that. But when it first became fully professional, there was a, there was a period there where it probably wasn't right. So subconsciously, you're actually enjoying what you're in the moment, not enjoying as much because it's giving you something to do, yeah. giving you a purpose. Yeah. Even though you'd rather not be running around yeah. Centennial Park trying to beat 10 Absolutely. minutes for three minutes, three Ks. Absolutely. But if you weren't doing it, yeah, you'd be eating your 14th sausage roll for the day. Yeah. After and, 12 and, o'clock. And, and Steve's point, I think, is, is this is what I'm trying to get at. I would look at my premiership medal twice a year. Why twice? <laughs> twice a year. <laughs> But I would talk to my premiership teammates about, we don't talk about grand final day at all. 
yeah. you talk about everything else. Mm. That's one of the, the best parts about playing sport and being in team sport. Where everyone goes, oh, you've got to strive for the, the premiership. It's the parts of it that are the most enjoyable. Along the way. We're off uh, to a quick break. The news is on the way, and we're going to have our third hour. We're going to talk to Pat oh. Donkers, who's the superintendent at Long Reef Golf Club, third hour. to talk about mowing and talk about growing grass. And also Alicia Mollick about the uh, women's final tonight with Ash Barty and the men's final tomorrow as well, the tennis. Plus, plus Lord Tristan Merlihan is on the way, third hour on the way. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Quick quicken that, quicken that up. I don't that think mix? so. That sounds, sounds so much quicker than what it did last week. No, this uh, I've, I've been changing it around, but this is the original one that we had, mm. mate. The best one. I think you've just, something's happened in your head where you just think I'm changing things for the fun of it, Adam? No, no, maybe I'm just thinking quicker this morning. Maybe you are. Welcome to the third hour. You can go now if you want to mention (laughs) Topsport.com.au hour. (laughs) Lord Tristan Merlihan, who we usually have in the first two hours, but due to contractual arrangements in certain parts of the country, not allowed to mention topsport.com.au before right now. But we are now, now allowed to say topsport.com.au. We can say topsport.com.au, home <laughs> of the best multis, gamble responsibly as many times as we want. Uh, and yeah. if anyone can count how many times I say it in this hour, you can get a T-shirt. Freddie Phillip over here. Nick Davis in his stupid hat, and we've got... It's not a stupid hat. (laughs) It looks pretty stupid. Look at me when I'm talking to you. (laughs) Very difficult before the break to take you seriously when we're talking about a very serious topic. I was being very serious. When you look like a mix between Keith Arthur and the library monitor. But anyway, (laughs) later on, later on we'll have Nick's stupid multi. Looking forward Uh to that. Okay. Okay. So you call it stupid, my friend. You call it stupid, but can you play the little bit of music? Let's tease it. That I've, <laughs> tease it now. that I've got for my stupid yeah, multi. Yeah, play it now, play, play it now. Because my stupid multi, oh, isn't it ready? It's not ready. <laughs> no. Oh, you have it ready. Have it ready for Tristan, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, get it's it ready now. I can, yeah. I, can, I, can, I can pad. Is that what I've got to do for 15 seconds until you get it ready? How about, how about we go to our next guest? Okay, let's go to our next guest. How about guest, you go I'm, with the rundown, <laughs> you idiot? Oh, is that a run sheet? <laughs> oh. Anyway. Now, a man who's very considered about what he does, he's very good at what he does. He works at Long Reef Golf Club here in Sydney, one of... Uh, Filling up your divots. He's great golf clubs. And I didn't organise this. It was my man, Gibbo, who, who looked around and thought, okay, this week we've got to learn a bit more about horticulture, as we want to do here on the Mowers Club, brought to you by Toro. So Gibbo has organised Peter Donkers, who's the uh, the superintendent, the man all across everything there at Long Reef Golf Club, to give us a few little... Pearls of wisdom when it comes to growing grass and looking after grass. Uh, Pete, morning. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Sorry I had to sit through all that rubbish for the last two minutes while you're on hold there while we sort ourselves out here in the studio. You only got about 78,000 more of Adam's divots to fill in out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's something that keeps us busy. Isn't it? New bunkers by the time he finishes (laughs) out there. Go, just go. Just get it all off your chest right now, Nick. Go. All your questions, go. No, that's it. Oh, that's it. That is not it. That is not it. Uh, mate, uh, how's this summer been for growing what you need to grow there and keeping in control of what you need to control over there? How, how do you um, do it? 
well, look, this this summer has been actually a fantastic summer for us, um, as well as last summer, because we've had uh, consistent rain. Our, our dams have been full of water. We've had, uh, you know, the grass has been growing like crazy. I guess the most difficult thing this summer has been keeping up with all the mowing. Um, you know, it's, it's just been non-stop. But, um, but, yeah, as far as summers go, it's been a, a pretty good summer. Um, the, the hot and humid weather sort of, creates a bit of uh, extra disease, but um, it's much better than drought and having to, you know, four guys drag around hoses to, to keep everything alive. That's it, Pete. And in regards to Mo, we've heard a few people talk about we, we're getting right into it. We've got the double cart and all that sort of business. What sort of mowing strategies are out there at Long Reef, sort of greens and fairways? How do you make them look their best? How do you make them pop? Well, our greens, we, we cut. We try and use walk mowers as much as that's we can. That's the thing with the flags in them, Adam, that you meant to aim for. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah, that's 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 where the, where where the hole is at the end of the, you know. Um, but anyway, we try and cut with walk mowers just because it's a much better quality of cut. We cut the greens at uh, three mils. Um, we got our fairways and things like that at cutting at twelve mils, um, and we cut our greens every every day of the week. We cut our fairways three to four times a week. Um, and I guess the more you, the more you cut it, the, the better quality of uh, grass you get and, and um, you know, the, the, the better the surface. The fairways are stuff in between the trees, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing about long roof is there's no trees. So... You and Pete can... said about his dams being full of water. <laughs> full of water and your balls. That's what's in the dams out there. You made me sound like I'm like of 87 or something like that. that on a good day. I'm down to 6.9 at the moment. Oh, that, right. That's because you're playing on a great track. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's it's because right. Pete's given us the beautiful canvas to work some magic on. Um, with the fertilisation of lawns. So a lot of people look at lawns and go, man, how do you get that green? So I drive past that fine piece of real estate there that I'm sure every developer in all of Sydney would love to get their hands on to chuck up about 600 townhouses on. And it looks so pristine all the time. Green where it's meant to be really green and then the rough stuff, you know, you put a bit of gunk in there for, for those who can't aim straight. But, but how do you get everything looking like it's meant to look? Look, I guess with, with our greens, we've got a pretty strict um, biological program, just fertilising, you know, small amounts. Just basically we, we only use on the greens what the grass needs on a monthly basis. So we, we don't over-fertilise because if you over-fertilise, all that does is create other problems. So we, we give the greens basically exactly the amount of fertiliser they need per month to get them through and then wintertime we back off a bit. Um, with the fairways, to be honest, I haven't really... I've fertilised a few of the fairways this year, but, but for the last two years, I've hardly used any fertiliser on the fairways because the weather's just been so good and we've had consistent rain um, and, and, you know, the soil's healthy, so that grows good grass. Um, I mean, look, I think if you over-fertilise things, and, and, and it, it creates a lot of extra work for you because obviously you've got to cut more. It, it creates a thatch layer, which is a build-up of the the grass surface and, and um, you know, which just creates more work. So the, the least amount you can fertilise, the better, you know, and it's better for the environment as well. 
ever had a situation which they're sitting through uh, at Royal Melbourne at the moment? They've got eight greens out of play that are having to be re-dug because, uh, well, someone decided to put a packet of fertiliser down but didn't realise until after they put it down that it was weed kill. Oh. Yeah, I mean, look, that was a very unfortunate uh, situation. I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but to me, it sounds... I don't know. It doesn't sound right to me. It sounds like it could be sabotage or, uh, I don't know, something something a bit strange there because it's not really, you know, you're not going to go out with it with a spray unit, um, you know, and, and accidentally put Roundup or, or poison in it to, to kill the grass. So, yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know what happened down there, but to me it sounds a bit um, suspect. It has happened though, hasn't it? Sabotage. I think it happened at Long Reef once. It's like imagine that it being did. so yeah. so cranky at someone's pure lawn that you'd want to go and sabotage it. It's outrageous behaviour. Yeah. That's jail time. I mean, look, yeah, we we had it a, a couple of years ago where somebody um, poisoned poisoned um, a few of our like big areas of our greens. Probably damaged ten of our greens. Um, you know, I mean, look again. I don't I don't really know why, but. You know, there's, there's a few suspects and, and basically disgruntled um, somebody that might have lost a, a, uh, a contract, you know, um, mm. down at the clubhouse for something, uh, you know. And, and I, I look, I suspect that it was possibly something like that. You know, I don't think it was personal. I think it was just some somebody, um, yeah, a bit disgruntled with the club for some reason. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult situation, you know. It wouldn't be Adam because he doesn't damage the greens at all. He doesn't hit a pitch mark. He hasn't had a pitch mark in a green for three years. Yeah, no, that's good. So well, they're the sort of golfers we, we need, you know. The, the, the place gets flogged. You know, we have about mm. 60,000, 70,000 rounds of golf a year, you know, and the less people that can hit onto the greens, the, the much better we're off. Yeah, well, happily, Nick can't be bothered crossing the Harbour Bridge, so he'll <laughs> never be sighted at our golf club, Pete. So we'll uh, leave it at right that. Mate, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Much appreciated. A few little tips for the, all the mowers out there. And, um, yeah, see you down at Longy soon. No worries. All right. Thanks for the call. Cheers, mate. Uh, yeah, Pete Donker's there in charge of Long Reef Golf Club. We've got Alicia Mollick on the way to talk some tennis right after this on the Mowers Club. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back. Just got the pep talk from Gib- Gibbo on the way back saying great show so far. So, Nick, we've got 42 minutes to stuff things up royally. <laughs> Where do I sign? Won't happen in the next 12 minutes, though, nope. because we've got uh, someone to talk some tennis and talk some common sense about tennis. Alicia Mollick, the captain of our Billie Jean King Cup team, Fed Cup, a lot easier to say, but that's what it's called <laughs> these days, Alicia. Uh, how do you, do you put an acronym on that now? Or oh, do you please say, don't. Oh, Alicia, please don't. I'm... Uh, <laughs> The, Anti-acronym. R, the RLA and all that sort of stuff. I'm well, no, I, I don't like that. The tongue, does it really? It's um, yeah, a bit of a tongue twister. I'm ju- I'm still getting used to it, Adam. Um, actually, mm. but yeah, no, great to talk tennis. But a huge, you know, how good is today? Saturday, Ash Buddy on tonight, and I'm loving the shift to um, the evening women's final as well, 7:30 p.m. Yeah, it should be a great night at Rod Laver Arena. Uh, Forty years in the making. Uh, Alicia, how put it into words how well, and you've seen her throughout her entire career from when you first saw her as a talented junior, how well is she playing and why is she playing this well? 
Uh, how well? Well, she's playing as well as I've ever seen her play. I think that's probably the the biggest difference with us is that, you know, month to month or grand slam to grand slam every year, she seems to make these small improvements. But she's doing it all the time. It adds, it adds up and amounts to, you know, a great difference. I think the biggest um, improvement for me from Ash Barty is just how calm and collected she is on court and, just in dealing with um, the you know pressure situations at home in front of a home crowd, you know it's easy to get pretty hot under the collar, and it would be easy to get frustrated. But she's remained calm this entire Australian Open, um, despite scores being pretty convincing. I think a lot of the matches have been incredible battles, but she's she's done the right things, you know, in the big moments, and that's why she's able to to win. But I just think. Um, her style is probably what holds her in good stead, and she's got options. So even today against Danielle Collins, who hits the ball extremely hard, is a great returner. You know, Ash will find a way, I think, to really negate that, and she does that better than any other tennis player in women's tennis, full stop. Alicia, having watched her matches, can you see anywhere, has there been a trend where anyone has tried to find that chink in her armour? Is it they gone after her second serve, or is she just unpenetrable at the moment? Yeah, I think I think the latter. Um, look, I've seen a few players, you know, try and vary the speed and throw up some loopy balls, and and then they get frustrated with that because they're not making any inroads, so they go even harder. Um, I, I think the difference we'll see today with Collins is she, she plays the one style of game. She's aggressive. She stands in and she hits, and I'm pretty sure she's going to um, commit to that. But I think that's um, you know a real credit to Ash because she's a complete player. Whether an opponent throws pace at her, spin, a flat serve, a kick serve, a weak serve, you know, she does she does have every shot in the book and she can adapt really quickly. I think that's where she's better than the rest. You know, her tennis IQ and ability just to shift gears when she needs to, um, you know, is pretty remarkable. So I think that's Ash Barty's strength. She's got lots of points of difference, but she's very good at adjusting to speeds and paces and um, you know, it's a real credit to her. She has got every shot in the book. We even saw a leg glance. Beautiful little <laughs> leg glance in the warm-up. <laughs> in the tunnel there, underneath playing cricket with gas. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, I worry about those games sometimes because they, you know, they, they go a bit too hard in the cricket and the footy for my liking as a warm-up <laughs> before <laughs> um, her, her match. But, you know, that's a routine. She keeps things, you know, pretty light. And I think that's important because um, I think she's learnt to get a really good um, balance with, obviously, as soon as she steps on the court, you see how intense she is. She doesn't look at her player box, doesn't really engage with anyone. But it's it's those moments prior to going on when she's warming up, loosening up. That, that's a really important time to take your mind off what's about to happen because you've got a couple of hours of intense concentration. So... Um, you know, you can't have all of those intense moments off the court. And that's what the t- her team brings, her fitness trainer and Craig Tizer, who's an except- her exceptional coach. You know, they've got a great relationship. It's a great bond, but it's actually a genuine friendship. And you see that really coming through. Danielle Collins is a really interesting story in herself. It wasn't that long ago that she had a, a tennis ball-sized growth in her cutout because she was having all kinds of problems with her health, which was obviously affecting not only her tennis, but her day-to-day life. But she's she's a bit of a fighter and, and she is not one, I would imagine, tonight to walk out there and be play the role of the deer in headlights. She's she's um, pretty mentally yeah. switched on, is she not? 
Yeah, she's. Oh, I think she's a competitor. She's. I, I'd have to throw her in the best couple of competitors on tour, and um, she's she's pretty intense, as you mentioned, Adam. But she's also, uh, you know, a fighter, and I think that stems from her college career. She's a twice a NCAA um, singles champion. She's come through the college system. She went to the University, I think, of Virginia. So. She's match toughened, and I think that's probably the pathway that um, you know all college players tend to come out with a lot of um, experience, um, match toughness, um, uh, you know, and a great head on their shoulders. And Danielle's a fighter as well. She grew up just at the public courts, um, you know, in her hometown. Her father coached her to begin with, and she's really had to fight her way through not just college but professional tennis. And she brings that and. I love how intense she is on court. You know, it doesn't always agree with everyone and doesn't always agree with her opponent. But from a, you know, spectacle point of view, you've got someone who is just gritty and determined. And, I mean, it's a huge, it's a stark contrast, really, um, personality-wise with Ash. But we'll see everything tonight. And just watch out. She doesn't, she does not even sit down on change events. Bit old school there. She sort of takes about a 10-second break, and then she's on the other side of the court ready to go. She's just so intense. Like that fast play. Uh, Alicia, the the atmosphere tonight, uh, there's been a lot said about the crowds and the hoo-ha going on down there. Has it been a little bit different with the uh, the restrictions and whatnot? But what sort of atmosphere are we looking forward to tonight? Well, I think it's they've increased the capacity to 80%. It's going to be what? It's going to be unreal. Um, and I, I feel like it was a packed house only a couple of days ago at 50%. So mm. I think everyone's going to come flocking, you know, to watch Ash Barty, as you mentioned, Adam, earlier. It's been a long time coming. It's not something necessarily Ash would think about, but Saturday night crowds, you know, everyone at home will be watching. Kids aren't yet back at school. Um, so I think it's going to be a really festive mood, and so it should be, you know, even... Ash reaching the final should be celebrated in itself. But, you know, I can't wait for tonight's match. Um, it's uh, I'm hoping the roof will be open. Um, but, you know, still plenty of cloud around here in Melbourne. No rain at the moment. but um, you Just know, wait Ash 10 minutes, it'll change. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly right. But I think, um, I don't think Ash will be too bothered whether the roof does end up closed or, or if it's a, an open roof. But it'll be packed house. It'll be an amazing atmosphere. Men's final, Rafa Nadal looking for 21. Daniil Medvedev, he's actually looking to become the first man in the Open era to back up winning his debut Grand Slam by winning the next available opportunity, which is incredible by itself. Completely lost his mind, obviously, last night. I found the, the humorous side in it. Alicia, you as a, uh, a person who looks I after didn't. junior tennis players yeah, we probably didn't. last night. Adam <laughs> yeah. and I were messaging back and forth last night during the match. And <laughs> you could see the funny side. I couldn't. I just feel that no one deserves to be spoken yeah. to, like Daniil Medvedev spoke to the umpire. And um, he didn't deserve it. He's doing his job just as well as Medvedev's doing his job. I thought it was appalling, to be honest with you, and um, probably should, um, you know, approach the umpire face-to-face. He did say, credit to him, he regretted it. But um, in the heat of the battle, it's just overstepping the mark, really. Um, But I think it it worked wonders for him. I mean, he got incredibly upset, angry, and he played his first tennis, you know, quite quite amazing. And on the flip side, um, with... Sissipas, after receiving the coaching violation, I mean, he really didn't fare too well, did he? I actually do think it bothered him. Mm. You know, mentally, he either got distracted because after he did receive the coaching violation from with his father coaching, 
um, you know, he, he really was off the mark. See, Nick, there's the, sh- the prime example of me, obviously, treading through life without morals and without values. Yeah. And Alicia <laughs> very much having them and holding them close. And now I'm just oh, feeling about three foot tall. But if that, if that really... was the middle of an AFL game or an NRL game or any, and someone spoke to the referee or said umpire like that, there would be, be sent off. You can't in AFL. You do what you want. Bring out a chainsaw. Yeah. It's because it's a great yeah, game. It's not good. It's not good for sport. And, you know, the hot mic picks up everything. So, oh, look, he was regretful. And I'm pretty sure he'll be pretty sheepish next time he um, sees the same umpire. But Danielle's got a bit of work to do to win over the crowd between yeah. now and the final, I tell you. I know. If Yeah. And I think Rapper had, would have had 99.9% of the support anyway. Oh, it's going to be ridiculous bit... tomorrow. Yeah. Doubles, Alicia. Yeah, it'll, um, uh, uh, doubles. I'm, I'm going with. I think Matt and Max might get up today. Um, I know the special K's have done really well, but Matt, Matt Evans and Max Purcell, they play doubles every week of the year. Um, so it, I, I feel like they're, you know, under pressure. They've they've just played a hell of a lot more doubles. So I don't know. I think it's going to be incredibly even, but I just think they might have the edge. Is there a little bit of animosity there between the 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 actual doubles guys and then these two? coming in and, you know, stealing their thunder? Uh, I don't think so. I've got no idea, to be honest with you. Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. I think they'd be celebrating the fact there's there's four Aussies um, all in the men's final. I mean, that's pretty rare in itself. It's it's a marked occasion, isn't it, Ash, in the women's singles final and, and the guys as well, the Aussies. So it'll be great for the crowd, I think. Um, everyone, it'll, I think it'll be a pretty jovial crowd given that, you know, there are four Aussies and they'll be forgiving with the crowd as well. Alicia, enjoy the evening. I, I presume you're going to be um, around the, the Barty entourage as well, watching on? I will. I'll be cheering Ash on. That's my main role tonight. I, I can't wait. So, um, you know, it's great that Ash has so much support around the nation and, you know, I hope plenty of kids are tuning into this match tonight because it'll be one of the best matches of tennis that... I think they'll ever watch, and um, I hope you guys switch it on as well. Don't miss a don't miss a point. Will not, absolutely will not. Um, Alicia, huge day for Australian tennis. Looking forward to it. Thanks for your company on the Mowers Club, and uh, yeah, have a good one down there. Thanks, guys. Adam, don't text during the match, okay? <laughs> I'll be busy. <laughs> Why does she text <laughs> back? Oh, she's actually yeah, front and center, and yeah, you can get into all kinds of problems when the player looks up and you're on your phone. So don't do that. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks. Alicia Bollock joining us uh, on the Mowers Club, the super fast charging all electric Kia EV6. It's as silent as the critics, not as Daniil Medvedev. Find out more at kia.com slash au. And um, yeah, also a quick yeah, nah. What? Victorian government. Oh, it was 50%. Oh, no, we'll make it 65%. Oh, no, we'll make it 80%. Oh, across the road at Amy Park, they we're have moved 100%. The, they should have moved the court to the middle of the MCG. <laughs> exactly. That's what they should have done. Free for all. Have 80,000 in there. Ridiculous. That's what they should have done. Put the court in the middle of the MCG. Bit difficult. Why? Logistically. That hard. Put a pitch in the middle of it. <laughs> it's pretty hard. Nah, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> Get the Toro out. You could do it in your hat. Good. Here's news. Welcome back. And finally, well, good things to those who wait. Absolutely. Et cetera, et cetera.
Lord Tristan Merlihan joins us from topsport.com.au, home of the best multis. Uh, Tristan, how are you, mate? Very good, very good. It's uh, been a different start in the morning, not having a chat for a, a little while. But, yeah, very excited to come off the bench nice and fresh. So looking forward to going through plenty of uh, sport. There's a big day of uh, racing, big day of sport, big big weekend of sport, isn't it? So it should be good. Are you uh, you coming to us from um, Mwoolumbar or are you uh, on, in the Gold Coast office? No, I'm in the Gold Coast office. There was a, I could see a bit of uh, some smoke signals out the uh, out the window, so I thought I might go the uh, the the Gold Coast route today. So um, I thought it'd be better be fresh for the uh, the 11:30 cross. <laughs> that weren't smoke signals. Ah oh, dear. Um, what should we start with? Sport. Let's start with sport before we get to the racing, shall we? Um, tennis. Tennis. Okay. Ash in the final against Danielle Collins. The men's doubles. Yeah. And then the men's final between Potty Mouth and Rafa. <laughs> it's been a, been an amazing tournament, hasn't it? With the uh, with Ash just dominating every single game. She's a dollar twenty three to win the uh, final against Danielle Collins, who's four fifty. I think that's probably the highest price she's been in any game throughout the course of the event. She's just been dominant, covered the line in every single game. Uh, minus five in this one as well, and twenty games is the total score as well. So Ash certainly uh, looking the goods. Hopefully uh, the occasion doesn't get to her and she can uh, she can keep her form going. And then as we say, the men's doubles. We've got two Aussie teams going head-to-head where Kokonakis and Kyrgios are $1.40 and Ebden and Purcell are $3.05. Uh, it's been interesting. Despite their great run, uh, the special Ks, they've been sort of open at underdogs most games and backed into favourites where they've opened up very, very short in this game against a very competent mm. doubles duo. Interesting. Alicia Mollick was pretty keen on them not Her getting selling Ebdon. not getting the chocolates. There. Have you seen a, an uptake in the in the doubles after I yeah not last week doubles tennis with the special <laughs> K's? Have people been as you said jumping on board the bandwagon? <laughs> Massive yeah, no. they have. They have. Oh. I actually think that was why uh, the special Ks have got involved. This yes. I think they heard the show and they said, we're going to prove Nick uh, wrong that this is there's a big niche in this sport. So hasn't the atmosphere been amazing? It's been uh, been something. And, and I think this, this uh, match tonight, there's going to be plenty of people either very much cheering on the boys or very much cheering on Ebden and Purcell. So it's almost like an Anthony Mundine fight, which is always good for a betting interest. I bet. And uh, Rafa hunting 21 and Medvedev, um, and mentioned before with Alicia Mollick, uh, Djokovic-Federer finals usually have the most one-sided crowd support of all time, like at, at Wimbledon, US Open or whatever like that. This tomorrow night will have be down a similar path, I reckon, with everyone in love with Rafa and, uh, yeah, Daniil rubbing a few people up the wrong way. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I, I wouldn't surprise me if Rafa just... just strings the points out a little bit longer as well just to get up uh, Mr. Medvedev's nerves as well nice and early. So it's $1.51 Medvedev, two sixty one Rafa. The lines are flat three, 40 points the total game score. So um, Rafa obviously was it was quite rough at the start of the tournament. I think he was at $15 at some point. So he's done well to get into the final. Medvedev being quite short the whole way through, but hasn't been smooth sailing the last couple of rounds. A massive epic five setter a couple of rounds ago and then even... Uh, last night it was it was quite a tight game, so it should be an epic final, as you say. The crowd support's going to be very, very much Rafa's way. Tristan, I'll self-indulge, given the fact that topsport.com.au, home of the best multis, are a proud supporter of my Moving the Chains podcast. The NFL this week, the AFC Championship game, the Cincinnati Bengals. They're trying to run the table, smoking Joe Burrow up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, 365, the Bengals, they get ridden off nearly every week, and they keep coming up and getting the job done. Obviously, Kansas on the back of that. Uh, amazing game last week. What a week. weekend of NFL. Oh, 
It was a fantastic weekend and then just uh, finished off with that game between Buffalo and Kansas. Best game I've seen for many a year, if not ever. Um, obviously, you've had a longer lifespan than me, Nick, so you can probably comment if there was anything <laughs> I'm a Raiders fan, piece, so but... nope. <laughs> <laughs> but dollar twenty-eight, three sixty-five, and the line's seven and a half. Uh, a little bit of support. The line opened at seven flat. Support for the Chiefs out to seven and a half, and then a bit of support at seven and a half. Uh, so it, it's on that tricky number from for NFL punters, where it's obviously very key that seven point fifty four and a half the total game score. So yeah. expecting lots of points, expecting a shootout, a little bit different to the next game, which is San Fran and LA Rams, where I know all of the moving the chains crew were very keen on the upset here, yep. uh, where it's two fifty five San Fran, a dollar fifty three the Rams, forty six points expected. So eight, a touchdown less expected here. Total points, oh, sorry, game, uh, the line's three and a half. We know that if the Rams win, they get to host the Super Bowl. So plenty on the line for both of these sides. Yeah, and by the way, friend of the show, Evan Priest, who's, who's come on and, and talked some golf with us, great golf rider that he is. Uh, I was pontificating earlier why the PGA Tour yes. event finishes tomorrow morning our time, Saturday yes. over there in the States. Torrey Pines is ending on Saturday, says Evan, because the PGA Tour didn't want to go up against the NFL Conference Championships yep. on Sunday. That is some smart, smart sports administration. Maybe they should come and help out Cricket Australia. Or maybe get number one players <laughs> into the country. <laughs> Tennis. <laughs> I think both of those points are very, very valid. I was actually over in uh, America for my honeymoon many, many years ago, and we we're in Phoenix when the Super Bowl was played there between the Patriots and Seattle. Just and happened to be there. You <laughs> happened to be there. Fancy <laughs> that. Fancy yeah. that. What? <laughs> The only man that's ever gone to Phoenix for their honeymoon, (laughs) ever. My wife was startled that the game happened to be in the same spot, but anyway, that was the way it unfolded. But yeah, they they had the Phoenix over there. They did the same thing. They they, they finished a day early so they wouldn't go up against the Super Bowl. And just the, uh, the, you could see the atmosphere of the week. It led into a very, very good golf tournament straight into the Super Bowl the next day. So um, I think they know how to run sport in an overall bigger picture in the US. Absolutely. Have you got an overall winner's market there for the, uh, the Super Bowl? We do, we do. The, the Chiefs are $2.20 favourites to win it all. Uh, they are clear in front of the Rams, who are $3. San Fran, five fifty, and Cincinnati, $9. We have an early MVP market up for the Super Bowl, where Mahomes is two seventy five, Stafford, $4. Garoppolo, 10 Burrow, 10 Now, for punters who are thinking we can get an upset with, with San Fran on the weekend, um, I get the feeling out of, out of the four quarterbacks that are in play, Garoppolo is probably not the, the superstar like the other three. If that's the case and they win, I think there might be a little bit of value for Debo Samuel mm-hmm. to win the MVP. He's $21, and I think he's someone that could really set the game alight and the focus won't be completely on Garoppolo. So I think if you want to have an early bet on the MVP and you like the 49ers, $21 now might be a decent play because you'll start a lot shorter if they get through. Okay. Now, Adam made mention earlier on in the show about my stupid multi, and it's not so stupid because of this reason. <laughs> what was it last week again? I am still alive. Very good. I had the Perth Scorchers in the qualifier. Yep. Tick. I had the rained out game in the uh, in the Ashes, so null and void. Null the T20. Yeah. I have Daniil Medvedev to yep. win the Australian Open men's, and I have Ash Barty to win Ooh. the women's. What are you going to lose on that with the washout? I don't know. That's his job. Where am I sitting <laughs> yeah, there? That's my job. I'm just. You're, you're looking well. It was quite a short. So I reckon I'm just having that a short? calculation now. I think it's around around about eight dollars fifty the uh-huh. or nine dollars something around that sort uh-huh. of 
Mark. I'll, I'll get the I'll get the boys onto that. It's a, it's a bit too late in the day for me to me to calculate <laughs> this got, at the moment. But he's um, got one leg <laughs> and he's making it out as if he's Biff Tannen, and he's got like thirty years <laughs> of I'm still alive. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance? There, he, got, he did get two forty and two sixty. About the two favourites. Ten thirty five is the dividend. Just quickly doing that on my on my toes. So yeah, we're still a chance to get over a thousand in the kick here for uh, for a very very good cause, which is good. And uh, hopefully Adam can. Um, can, can find a winner with something. Was, <laughs> before what? spring last year was when we last got one there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Two years ago. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing at the fact that, like, <laughs> Mr. Hellman over here gets the first leg of the quaddy up. Yeah, boys. And I've got music. So come here. Oh, we're going to declare a public holiday on the first leg of the quaddy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're looking for a new Australian Let's just have it on the fucking You go with your stupid multi first well, for this week. I'm going to go for the stupid multi this week. Uh, I'm going to – I'm confident with Ash Barty. Okay. So I want to double down on Ash Barty, Lord Sir Tristan Merlihan. And I then will then have my other leg of the Maltese just so I can have a collect. I'll have Rafa Nadal. So Ooh, I get. That's a very, very unstupid option. That's, that's, <laughs> I like you sound surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, just, I, I don't think those words would ever come out of my mouth in this, in this cross. So uh, $3.21 that works out that's too. Fine. So we'll. Uh, we'll We'll do that, and we've got to collect either way, assuming as long Unless as that gets the oh job done. No. Which, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. I'm going to be public <laughs> enemy number one in Australia. I've got Ash Barty beaten. Don't do that. No, she will win. She will Good. win. Okay. Good. She yeah. will win. Uh, my bet, Medvedev, go. three sets to two in the final. What Ooh. do you got there for a Medvedev, three sets to two. Now, that that's always one of the most popular markets. In the Set finals betting. betting, where we've got yeah Medvedev three nils three fifty three one three sixty five and three two is five dollars seventy. So good option there. I think it's a big chance to go in the distance. All the raffer options are eight dollars three nil, six dollars three one and seven fifty three two. So we'll pop that on uh, now. Medvedev three sets to two. I like it. I like it. Now let's move to racing. We've got some key two year old racing propping up the card for the Tab Highway and the uh, and the Midway. So let's have a look and. Tristan, the Canterbury Stakes has been a, a bit of a move there for one of Chris Wallers. Yeah, I'm, I felt a little bit sick looking at the market <laughs> when I saw the three scratchings come out this morning because we've taken some very sizable bets on the Great Barrier Reef to win the Golden Slipper, and it's going to get a saloon passage, I would feel, into this race now. We laid it at $38 uh, less than a month ago, then $26, then 19 then 17 It's ended $9 now, and it's $1.55 today. Um, and it looks very, very hard to beat. Flashing Steel, the other one, $4. The bottom weight is $5.50, but uh, Great Barrier Reef has a massive boom on it, and it looks like it's going to get the job done and, and move into the Golden Slipper in about a month's time. And race three, the Phillies race, the Wooden Stakes, any moves there? Yeah, there's seen a big go for the toppy. It's been $3 into two oh five. obviously won its first start pretty handily, Ebdar. Uh, so it's 205, very short. And uh, there's been a little bit of support down the bottom for the one that's drawn the uh, the One Alley Revolutionary Miss, $15 into 12. But certainly all one-way traffic, all the best of the best money on the toppy and uh, Clipperton and Snowden combination will be very hard to beat. Another good race there at Rose Hill today, the Expressway Stakes. We see Animo, the runner-up in last year's Cox Plate, going around first up. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed when Adam switched his 
uh, charity bet to the tennis because I was hoping he might be able to get Animo beat for us again this start. But it's dollar uh, seventy out to a dollar eighty-five. Been a little bit easy. The uh, punters maybe think it's not quite ready, but Tiger Malay ten dollars into into eight dollars, and Forbidden Love eight fifty into six. But we've seen with all of these feature races, the real heavy weight of money comes in that last half an hour, and all the best of the best kicks in. So a little bit of a drift now, but it'll be interesting. Watch that move at around about the half an hour mark because that's when you'll see you know what the, what the punters are, are leaning towards. Tristan, we'll leave it there, mate. Uh, good luck, the Savo, and uh, thanks for your time and support, as always, on the Mowers Club. And, uh, yeah, go well. Thanks for that, guys. Looking forward to one of those T-shirts. Jeez, they look good. Yep, on the way. On the way. Do you want the hat, too? <laughs> be good. See you, I'll, see I'll, you be, I'll be able to personally deliver it in two weeks. Yeah, you will. Uh, You'll get there before the mail, will. dangerous. <laughs> sounds dangerous. Tristan Melhan uh, joining us from topsport.com.au. Back to wrap things up on the Mowers Club right after this. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back uh, to the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers, Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN, Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. And don't forget, you can listen to us retrospectively while you're mowing the lawns if you didn't get to it on a Saturday mowing on Saturday afternoon. Saturday morning, I should say. Saturday Arvo if you're doing it or Sunday morning perhaps. You can listen to us on Wooshka, Spotify, like Joe Rogan, and Apple, unlike Neil Young. What about that controversy? I missed it. It kicked off. Hasn't it kicked off? But no, Wooshka, Spotify, Apple, or other places you get your podcast. Whole show, segments of, will be available there. Go to Yenar. We're pretty happy with it today. I think we nailed it and might retire it because we can't get any better than that. Or do we build on it next week? No, we build. We build. We build. Speaking on building, we're going to be building on giving away our merch. Yes. We need to pick our well, selected winners. Well, you're in charge of that particular area. Well, you are now, so go for it. <laughs> now, we've got... Kevio 7 who's just texted in. G'day, boys. I think you said top sports six times. Look, I wasn't counting. I don't think Adam or Nick was. No. So, mate, you get a shirt. Yep, you get a shirt. Thanks, we get Kevy. Well Matt, counted. Matt Early, uh, in, the, uh, in the show, he said he was going to burn his, S, uh, yep. his big sport breakfast hat. He's got one. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, what we want. <laughs> That's what we want. We want to see photos and videos. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Rooster Man can get one for um, his Wordle and just his general evaluation. Support. General support. No, just his. I, I like that. Like, stop sending me the fact that you finished a Wordle. Good on you. I love a Wordle, but I'm with do him it, on but that. Don't do it. With him on that. Absolutely. Moa number one. Jez probably. Jez needs one. Gets one. And Chris go from Willoughby. What's the average price you pay someone to mow the lawn? It's a yep. very good point. Hundred bucks and a free right. mowers t-shirt. Yep. So there you go. Give we us. want them out and yeah, about mowers. We want our t-shirts like, out and about. And that's like, a long line of other people. Sorry, give over. <laughs> no, 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 he hates talking over people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting while you're talking. Um, there's been a long line. It, it, it's, it's everywhere on the Twitter. Jamie Sauer, Chad Townsend, all the moving the chains crew. Phil Pryor, who uh, does a bit of work here at SEN and um, former colleague at a, another establishment. Um, when we're talking about the fact that people were sabotaging greens at golf mm. courses. Yes. He just texts me, revenge lawn. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the last We get Phil a T-shirt for that. <laughs> revenge lawn. And Warren Smith is listening, the great uh, rugby league caller. I'm playing the Australian Hickory Championships oh. at Long Reef on Tuesday. Can you tell Pete, the greenskeeper we had in, the superintendent there at Long Reef, to lower those mowers and have the greens as fast as possible? It's my only chance to win. Warren Smith playing with wooden golf clubs, wooden golf sticks. Yeah. With the hickories. 
With the modern day balls or the I don't old know. balls? <laughs> I don't know. The old uh, hot dots. Old bladders. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Was. Sure, there's better things. No, he loves it, actually. He's he's, he's big on his golf history, was. So. Yeah, but uh, revenge. He did a good job of the, uh, of the the Queensland PGA, was it? Are you happy with him? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll pass well, on your best. <laughs> I'll say, was it? Plenty of golf days. Yeah, I bet We you don't do. have real jobs. <laughs> <laughs> what are you up to for the rest of the day, Nick? Oh, school supplies. Back to school. Yeah. Back to school. I'll be uh, I'll be heading off to get the school supplies. Do you go in to do it sure. as well? Yeah, I like it. It's a good time with Jordy and I. Drop the girls off at Wolf's Works yesterday. <laughs> See in half an hour. I'm going to get a coffee. <laughs> go. oh, she's got my card on her phone, so she can do it. And now I've got a new school, new school shirt. Always be wary, though, and the school tests. books. They have rat tests. Get them for free. Pick them up yesterday as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the younger one went in and got her own thing, came back home, and it was all grid books. <laughs> The all the grid books. Hey, you've got to get that right. Ah. And then you've got to contact them. Oh, oh we've got to go back. I'd pay someone more than 100 to contact my book, my child's books. Righto, mister. I've got a four-leg multi and I've got the first, so I'm going to celebrate For like I've won. For those of you that said last week's multi was stupid. Here's our pump-up song. Here's up our pump-up song. Enjoy Saturday, everyone. Enjoy, mowers. See you.